1: back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 597. The All-Star Game just wrapped up. Nationally won their first game since 2012. So that actually, think to Elias Diaz and his two-run home run. Go figure. But we're going to talk some fantasy baseball. We're going to recap Week 15 in Fab, talk some second-half strategy, maybe some trade situations, and much, much more. You can find myself on Twitter at BDNTrick. And I'm once again joined by the king himself, the man that is a threads machine. You can find him on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. I don't know what his threads is because I haven't given in yet. But Mike, how are we doing, my friend?
2: I don't even know what my threads is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an Instagram account. I saw that Facebook or Meta, whatever they're called, copied another platform. And I'm like, well, if there, uh, and I, I told you, if there was ever a platform that could pick up some steam, it would be something that like is backed by Facebook and multi, a multi-billion dollar company. So I literally just said, OK, sure, I'll join. It took two seconds because I already had the Instagram account. So I don't even know what it is. I think it's actually GTE Media or something something like that. Like something that I created I I t- I took over an old Instagram account and created it and turned it into our branding cuz I was and I have been trying to get it doesn't matter. I I post I pretty much just copy and paste my tweets there and honestly I'm kind of behind on a couple tweets so yeah, I'm just messing I, up. I, no, I know you are but it's like it's funny because like I, I just do it for other people. Not everyone wants to stay on Twitter. I don't think Twitter's going anywhere. I'm I'm not, no. I'm like you. I don't think it's I don't think it's it's it breaks from time to time because Elon can be goes full Elon, but you're never supposed to go full Elon. But he does, and um he 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 pisses people off, and you know everyone get everyone panics and such, but. I I think Twitter's here to stay. I just created Threads just because in in case anybody else wanted to leave and wanted a secondary option to consume my content. It's fair
1: because everyone wants the King's content, so they need to go check it out on Threads. That's what it is. Speaking of the King, Mr. Kerland entered the All-Star break, eighth overall in the main event, so he's top ten in it. We're we're back. We're back. Yeah, (laughs) he he had some ups and downs there. We'll get to that with a Michael Simeon question later. Mm -hmm. But um, let's get right into it second half approach to continuing moving up the overall standings instead of moving backwards because like the grind does not stop the grind actually might get harder depending on what stats you're looking for for what situations you're in the depth of like you know the main event the ocs whatever overalls you guys are playing in so how are you approaching like are you you're probably not changing a ton honestly because of the work you put in but are you being much 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 more like diligent on certain statistics are you trying to get the best optimal lineup like Overall, how are you approaching your second half?
2: Oh, I wish I had more experience, to be completely honest. Uh, obviously, I've never been – I've never even played in a main event before this year, so to be in my first main event, having fi- having the success I've had, obviously my approach, I like to think it's obviously working rather well, and I found a process I enjoy so, and I like, but it does change in the second half. You're going to start having teams shut down players. You're going to have random call-ups, random players shut down. Uh, you're going to have – you kind of have to start trying to anticipate that. Like Look at your team and be like – Like Yuri Perez, I know he's not going to be down for long, but even when he comes back up, will he be limited? You have to kind of make these contingency plans you and i'm a little more liberal with stashing although i did just drop Kyle right which we'll talk about later and it's because it's because of other stashes i'm holding but i'm trying to hold on to certain players i think can be difference makers even if it's for four to six weeks because before before you know it that's all that's gonna be left you know how fast the season goes we're gonna have a week week so week 16 is gonna be a three-day week week 17 next you know it's week 20 you know and then you're looking at the you're less than seven less than 10 weeks left in the season so it's one of those things where I'm really taking it uh, period by period, not even not even week by week. I'm taking it scoring period by scoring period, trying to optimize to as many play appearances. As well. I'm pretty much doing the same thing always. But like as you know, behind the scenes, I'm working on trying to... I'm almost done scraping the rest of the season, uh, weekly schedules for every single team so I can start getting an idea of streamers I want to target Like so I can be two or three weeks ahead even on a hitter streamer type of thing. I'm really getting that granular because... I want every possible, I'm turning over every stone, trying to get every possible edge I could possibly get to really bring this home. Obviously first place is the always the goal in any, in any league, but the overall specifically um, I'm like 500 something points out of first. So it's, it's a long, it's still a long haul. And I just had to crawl out of dropping, I think 400 points. I hit first place. I saw the email. And I think I dropped like four or 500 points that the next 10 days after that. And it's been a slow, steady grind upward. And we're finally back into the top 10. And the team is clicking rather well right now. So hopefully it comes out the gate swinging, But this is you know a team that and I was talking to Boomfield a little bit I'm like, Yeah, it was it was in spite of Darvish's terrible, uh, rough first half, and you know, minor injury, knickknack injuries here and there being sick. It was in spite of Woodruff being injured. So maybe if Darvish returns a form, Woodruff is back for you know a solid month, month and a half, even uh that could just be that those extra little boosts that put me over the top, and maybe I get lucky and some of the guys that over overperforming in the first half can just continue to be good and still overperform a little bit in the second half, or maybe that's just who they are. It's still to be determined. But at the end of the day, there's a lot that goes in the second half approach. I know I've rambled on because it's hashtag my main season. But in all seriousness, though, it's um it's exciting. There's just a lot it goes into it, and like you mentioned, I'm keeping a lot of the same tendencies and what I'm doing week to week all season, but I'm starting to factor in what these teams, you know. Trades are coming up or potentially coming up, and the fallout, and who could be sneak. Maybe there's some guys that were called up for a game or two for spot starts early in the year that have that that are in the player pool that are about to open. Oh, oh, now they're about to get full time playing time because I anticipate so and so getting traded. So I'm starting. I need to go. I'm probably gonna go through and I'll do it for the Patreon. Make a list of like, hey, these are some random guys on the 40 man or some random like prospects that might not have any hype that might be available in the player pool. Just go ahead and give them a look. Maybe throw them on your roster a week or two early because come the trade deadline, they could be entering an everyday role.
1: So stuff like that. Yeah, the trade deadline is going to be interesting because um, there's so many teams still kind of in it at this point in time. We have a few more weeks before the trade deadline actually happens to maybe change some of that. Like we'll, we'll get into some trade deadline situations here in a bit. But back to your. Your your process because we're I'm in the same boat like I'm not eighth overall in the main event but I have some teams that are, are playing well don't get me wrong that I like to keep competing in and I've been we've t- I've talked about it on recent episodes how I'm like already targeting certain like certain teams I'm crushing like pitching horrible and hitting and vice versa it's really bizarre. Honestly, and so I've been really focusing my weekly fab on those situations, and we'll talk yeah. about stashing. I was in stashing season this last weekend. So I, there wasn't a ton, especially in twelve teamers. That I was like, yeah, I don't really need a lot of these things. I was in the stashing season this last week, and that might change come this Sunday. Maybe those stashes get dropped, but for a couple bucks, I was willing to stash them for now and see where things go. But it's um, it it is interesting. Like you can make up a lot of ground still. That's that's the the caveat I wanted to mention, just because. You know, we're, we're a little over halfway through the season and everything. You can still move. Like, I've moved a, a bunch in certain leagues just over the last, like, month. And I know it's getting tighter, obviously, as you could see. But, like, Rob Silver, when he won the overall, he was, like, what, eighth or ninth in his main after at the All-Star break. And he went and won the overall competition. So, you can make moves. You obviously have to hit big. Yeah. And those were years where you had a bunch of fab left, so you can go and get guys. That's kind of a different story nowadays. So, that'll make things uh, definitely oh. – enticing and and a little more even of a playing field. I would say in certain leagues, but oh,
2: absolutely! I'm down to 74 bucks, I think. In that, in my yeah. I main, and so I looked at it, and I was talking to Phil behind the scenes, you know, because I'm a big time guy now. I get to talk to, I get, to, I get access You're to the, the robot. I'm the king, I'm the king, right? Yeah. So, uh no, me and Phil were talking a little bit, and we were, and you know, he's talking about like, yeah, because he has X He's like, I think I'm, he thinks he has too much FAB left. Like, he might not have been more aggressive enough, and we were just talking back and forth. But he's in a position where he's like, he's got the hammer almost every week in a, in a sense. And I'm like, well, it must be nice, but at the same time, I'm like, well, and then it pretty much came down to I. Th- the the difference between us is that we, I I spent my money earlier and I, and I think I already had those players that he's pretty much banking on getting, you know what I mean? Like players that he thinks are going to be able to help him take it up a level. I'm like, I, I think that's why I I spent my family on players. I think they're already going to do that for me. And he was like that. And that's pretty much how I was like, that's fair. That's why his responsibility was like, that's fair. And I'm like, yeah, because like, you know, I went out, I lost, I lost Royce Lewis. I went out and got uh, Westberg. I went, I got Kowser. I mean, I got lucky and got Kowser. We'll talk about that too. I got Kowser this week and wasn't even a need. So it's like, I'm over here accumulating potential talent upside. And I'm trying to kind of leave myself with a very full roster where I have to do minimal moves. And I'm able to kind of put the upside on my bench or minimize how much I have to stream. Even though I enjoy streaming. I think streaming is actually a very beneficial thing to do, especially on the hitting side. And I think that's, um, I think that's something that I, you know, I, I liked how I attacked the draft this year. Not all my hit, not all my pitchers hit. I mentioned a couple of fails, but I think looking back, I, I think going forward, I think I'm gonna do the same thing like pitching, pitching. And uh, you know, I'm sure you'll talk about the bloom board on Thursday's pod with, uh, with Bloomfield, but he brought up all the pitching misses in the first 30 or 40 picks, wherever it was, or 50 picks. And I'm like, I miss, I had two of, I had two of my top three starters were on that list in a bad way. And it's, it goes to show you that, Even if you do a certain strategy, you still it won't always hit. I just I it's one of those things where I think I had that year. I've had this year where I hit on every single late round pitcher, which won't happen like to this hit rate. I don't think I'll ever have a hit rate like this again. There's not going to be a year where I draft a, a, a next that year's Justin Steele, that year's Brian Bayo, and that year's um, Sunny Gray all on the same roster. You know what I mean? On you know, a fifteen team, there's no way well, I'm going to draft all three just of those. makes guys. sense.
1: If you're having a great year and you're running high, you you ran hot, you did well. Like you're yeah, you able, able to avoid these things. That's common sense. But, but like, it was the fact that I hit all like I hit all those, and I picked
2: up Braxton Garrett for very cheap and fab. So I've had all four of those guys from pretty much day one while missing on two of my top three starting pitchers. And that's the type of that's the type of thing where obviously my process worked out to hit on those guys, but I can't ever depend to hit on those guys at that rate ever again. So I need to get – just like everyone else, we all need to be more efficient hitting on those early round pitchers well, because wanna,
1: pitchers keep getting pushed up. Well, I want to comment on that because Bloomfield's board, for those that didn't see, it was the top 30 uh, ADP starting pitchers and where they rank now um, at, at the All-Star rank and SP ranks. And so then Vlad Sedler just made it simple. He said 18 of the top 30, uh <laughs> 18 in, of the current top 30 pictures were not drafted in the top 30. So basically 12 of the top 12 of the top 30 ADP are actually still in the top 30. That's what that comes down to. Yeah. Damn. You know, yeah. But but to to the point about efficiency, we say this every year. And I want to mention Mike Gianella from Baseball Prospectus quote tweeted Vlad's tweet. And he's, and this this made it really stand out to me. Okay. In 20, so this is 2023, that the uh, 12 of the 30. Are still in the top 30. In 2022, 19 of the top 30 in ADP finished in the top 30. In 21, only 14 of 30. In 2019, only 15. In 2018, only 16. In 2017, only 17. So you're give or take about half of the top 30 pitchers every year since 2017 are only going to finish in the top 30. So there's almost half of those guys are going to bust your situation. So it's, I don't even know if there's a right formula to the madness, but, uh, it goes to show you that there's a reason why, especially in like deeper leagues main events that people take pitching early. There's also reasons why when we thought the pitching pool was this deep this year, that especially in 12s, you could wait and say, screw it. Cause it's like, we're, we're rolling the dice and you still had to get lucky. Cause even on Bloomfield's board, it showed like the uh, ADP 16 through 30 basically was a real crap shoot. Like it was real dicey. So you yeah. still kind of got what you're hoping for early on, not from everybody, but it just goes to show you that pitching's wild. And it goes back to the point you were making that, I'd much rather stream hitters right now, take my pitchers. I don't care about the two starts as often anymore. Just give me some quality. We'll move on from there and then stream my hitters. And that's why actually in the leagues where I'm struggling and hitting, I actually kind of feel confident at least making moves to cash and whatnot. It's like I can stream enough stuff here and make it work. So we'll see how that plays out.
2: And to touch on more some second second half approach, I think we talked about it off the air before we got started was attacking. And you mentioned a little bit about attacking categories. I'm one of those psychos that I'm looking at category needs really early on in the year. I mean, this year, maybe I was a little hyper focused because I was just amped up at everything, the fast start, and I sustained it and all that. So maybe that had me going crazy, but I started like mid to late may early june looking at my team and looking at not so much the overall standings but my actual individual standings realizing where can i gain the most points in my individual league most likely was going to lead me to what i needed and to be more competitive in the overall i know league to league it varies like my league i think we have three players with 115 or more stolen bases in a 15-team league for reference or i think four of us i think there's four of us that have made stolen bases now when you go look at the overall I'm like top 20 or 30 overall out of 795 leagues in stone bases. So that's one of those weird ones where I can gain a few more league points, but maybe I don't need to be so like punting another category to chase those stone bases, so to speak. But like a, a, well, a real quick, like,
1: quick question for you, are you going to start looking at your fab to get overall points or league points? I, well, now that I, it's, I mean, we're talking what we have,
2: 10 weeks left roughly in the season, give Did or take, take. Right. 11 exactly. 11. 20, yeah, i say yeah. I think we have 27 work uh, weeks of, but this is a three game week, so we'll say we'll say 10, about 10 more weeks, right? 10 full weeks of fun. 10 full weeks. Um, I'm gonna probably be looking to be more aggressive on the overall. I mean, I mean I, being eighth overall. I, I really want to obviously try to yeah, push sure for the I'm overall. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the shift. I mean, I've already shifted towards more towards the overall, even though for the last month, I still want to win my league, so it just so happens that, but it goes back to. Other than the other than the stolen base uh, category, I mentioned in my specific league where I'm one of like four teams with 115 or more, and I'm still in, I think I'm in fourth place in my league for stolen bases, so I know I can gain some actual league points there. Maybe I would shift towards that if I'm not gaining like I think I can gain in them overall still, but um, I think I'm gonna I'm not so much punting stolen bases. I'm just gonna kind of let my guys go, but I'm gonna attack other needs yeah. because I think right now. I can still gain points in other categories and the other in in the other categories I can gain points. I actually need those categories more to gain more overall points anyway. So I'm more so there's where I was going. So there's still, there's still, there's still some points to gain. There's still some points to gain in my categories in both my league and the overall. So it kind of works out for me in this situation where I can still gain league points while gaining overall points. And I, I I have a hard time believing that wouldn't be the case for a lot of people, but there are people that just, you know, you do the math and you realize, okay, maybe I don't need this. as much I do, but like, I know like just I think my biggest three I I talked about runs were a big one because I had India and Acuna both pegged as uh, leadoff hitters for this year. And neither one of them are leading off one and Mullins not only is not leading off. he got shifted down to the five and six spot since like since returning and kind of slow start. And then you have India who's been batting third. So, of course, I'm crushing it in RBIs all of a sudden. And uh, that wasn't part of the plan. I thought RBIs were gonna be an issue. But no, I've I've managed to find a fair share of middle of the order bats. Now it's like. But then, so anyway, I'm chasing runs. So, you want when you're chasing runs, you want a guy that's batting top two or three, and you want plate appearances. And that's like the only names available in my, in these formats are like Tony Kemp. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I r- I'd rather, I, I know Tony Kemp makes sense when you try to pair plate appearances and lineup spot and playing time. But I just I can't. I, there's just so I'd much. rather
1: have Garrett Cooper hitting third or fourth for the Marlins type if, scenario. That's, but, but
2: that's yeah. the thing. So it's like I'm getting less play appearances, but I want the quality because I, I think I can still get more. I could get similar run production from a four or five hitter on a better team if I can land one. But again, it goes back to: Is there really any of those even available in a fifteen teamer? And it's like, so it's like I got Cowser, but it's like, how's Cowser really going to make my roster? batting eighth when i need it's runs at the bottom of the order so like, walks oh. all
1: the freaking time which obp doesn't really help you as much and well oh, it helps me you have for to... runs but well not yeah when but you're batting else eighth, really. not when you're so, batting
2: eighth I, I don't mind i don't mind giving up a little bit like i'm doing well in homers and rbi so there's gonna come a week where it's like you'll see me stream guys that like i'll do my best against many top lineup guys that, that just try to attack play I'm, I'm already that's another thing i've been trying to attack play appearances all year and i'm still one of the, like among teams in top 10 i'm still one of the lower play appearance guys i'm a guy who watches for play appearances and makes five moves based on play to play uh playing time i still can't seem to get the play appearances i've been trying to get all year so it's really crazy me i've been getting good quality like i'm running, i've been running numbers a little bit behind I, i'm behind on them now but my streamers when i do the uh, this, this year i'm going to go back and look at every single week who i streamed and see how well i can get a true outcome of the stats i got from streaming hitters and see if it was actually as good as I think it is, because and then on top of that, it's like I gotta think. I hope I can repeat that because if that's a strength of mine, then I, I and I think it is concerning my process. It's um, it's one of those things where there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of recapping. I'm, I'm looking forward to the end of the year because obviously. There's a lot. There's just so much I've, I've learned from my first year in the main event, and I feel like I've really not only stepped up as a player, but man, it's just, it's exciting because there's so much. There's a there's it's a short period I'm competing. I lo- I like where I'm at. I like where my team's headed, and on top of that, I feel I'm so excited to see what I've missed on, what I hit on, and what I have my strengths and weaknesses, and try to really try to really dive into that. And so but yeah, I know it's a completely off topic thing cuz that's what we do here, but it's also the All-Star break, so we're probably talking more fantasy baseball relevant stuff than the average podcast right now. So yeah. people will take the rambling, I guess, at this point. Hey, but yeah, uh, the, the second half approach really does vary team to team, league to league. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really got you really got to know your league, your scoring, your format, know and really dive in, take the time to really
1: take oh. a look here. And, and it's it's, and it's like you're going more overall like ben, ben on Ben Ted on last week's show was talking about. Mm he's just going for his leagues. He he's like been like seventh or eighth. And so that's a whole different approach to what's going on. I'm just
2: afraid to shift completely. I haven't seen, I've never shifted completely into one way or the First other time. because, yeah. well, I'm I, I'm almost wondering my two balance. Am I, am I playing two balance? Am I not going that's, for it too much? That kind of leads other? to my
1: next question for you though. Cause you kind of mentioned a few things earlier, like playing safe. I got my guys on my bench and all this stuff. Like we know the robot Phil DeSoe has done it. We've seen him many guys do like guilds does it and others. There's a certain point now where you're okay dropping some rather big names because you're okay in a category, but you need to use that roster spot to maybe stream more. Or, because you mentioned wanting to stream a handful of guys each week for runs or something. Well, that's going to come at the cost of like a regular player at some point in time. Oh, absolutely. So, and obviously it's team by team and you're going to do your numbers and all that stuff. But when do you like just foresee going, okay, it's cool to drop a guy that you wouldn't see on a waiver wire very often. It, I think it's honestly
2: like now I'd say now, I would say yeah, now, like um like too. like Woodruff Woodruff was a very, very, very like after I've held him so long and I still strongly 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 consider cutting him this week I cut Kyle Wright instead but um that's the right I c- move for now oh I think so but I think yeah. they were both cuttable and honestly I think Woodruff was cuttable a long time ago I just I think it was one of those things well, where he was I definitely
1: never... cuttable a long time ago if you think he is now yeah
2: well <laughs> the thing was is I, I, I the reason and when I talk to people they ask why did I hold because it's a legitimate question why did I hold well and then you go always... then you're in
1: the conundrum of I held him this long I, I have to hold no. Him now.
2: no see I don't I don't feel that way and I think yeah. that's where that's where I've matured so to speak as a player because I'll never mature as an adult I'm not not happening but no, as a player we don't want you, don't want you to
1: <laughs> so as a
2: player I, I don't i don't look i don't buy into the whole well i already have them so i might as well keep them no i'm yeah. looking at like what That's what am true. i gonna do with i look at it like what am i gonna do with this roster spot i don't really i don't care if someone else picks them up and gets them for a month because if, if if in that if, if in the next four weeks that he's not pitching for me i find something usable or i'm able to stream those stats i need it was a win for me at the end of the day. But um, I haven't had a point where it's like I've gotten to such a tight crunch of like, who should I drop? I can't find anybody. Drop. I've always had someone to drop. And I've just been turning and burning so many other roster spots that Woodruff was just always an auto stash because I never had. He was my only stash for a while, too. I was just but now it's like, you know, Logan Allen was sent down. I think he'll be up sooner than later. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Royce Lewis went down. I'm holding on to him for now. And those guys are also cuttable, too. But I think it goes back. To, I think Royce is more cuttable than the pitchers. Uh, Logan appreciate. Allen, I would hold on to. Nope, but uh neither. Royce being but Royce was coming around showing that signs of life, finally showing flashing the skills. I was like, I'm not gonna and Zach mentioned it on his podcast that the cost of reacquire them, I don't have that fab. Yeah. And on top of that, I also have to start paying paying attention to who needs what in my league. I think was it Greg? Somebody's. In, I think it's. Ju, I haven't looked at. I purposely haven't even looked at the NFBC tab since like Saturday. I think <laughs> just like I'm. 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 I'm taking a break. But I think it's Jewett. Jewett's creeping in the third. place. think He's in third place and he's pushing. And so I'm looking at, So I look at his stats and I'm like, he needs pitching. So Woodruff, if I drop him, I guarantee you he would go after him. There's so a good so, so now you have, you have to start thinking. Yep. Sure, sure, I can go out and take a shot on this guy. But is is a shot on this guy that might not even crack my starting lineup more than once worth giving a potential piece to helping another team gain points on me so now you're playing this there's a mix of playing keep away and also trying to you know so there's a weird balance there like i don't want to go i don't want to drop a closer spec because i know the guy in second needs saves and i can use them too but if i drop a closer spec and the spec actually hits and that guy gets him for a dollar or two because he decided to get on the in on the spec while it was cheap then I screwed myself doubly. So it's like not only did I lose points that I need, but now I gave them to somebody else who needs them probably as much if not more than me. So there is a, there is a sense of you got to understand what the teams around you need and you got to play that game of, well, I can sacrifice my Jake Urban, who I have this weird infatuation for. I can sacrifice adding him <laughs> and and hold on to a player that I think will either be more valuable to me rest of the season or be – in terms of someone I can insert, or he'll be more valuable valuable to me the rest of the season, just because I'm keeping away another valuable piece from someone else who really needs them. So that's where it comes into like, there's different ways to perceive value, and people just always think about how can I get more value from these free agents onto my roster. Well, sometimes it's sometimes the move is to not make moves, just keep yeah. the guy on your bench and stop Bingo. another team that needs them from getting them. That, that you're that playing, can you're playing
1: 3d chess 3d chess with this one dude it's true I, it's, it's true give, it's part to all those partners as, as part of the deal man it's it's deeper than just you know it's just looking at what you well, need to add drop for
2: the week this is when we give credit to guys like um like you know as much as we hate wax it's uh what zach is his his pod is really useful because this, this stuff isn't like self it's 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 self top. i loved to i like, like, him on the show a couple weeks ago yeah, i no, know he, like, he was a good but um it's one of those things where it's like hey am I listen to I, I I listen to Rob's podcast I listen to the Launch Angle guys I listen to like all the like FTN these are the you know the guys that like I, I really try to dive into this niche and listen to when they have uh, high stakes players on that normally don't come on to other pods you know like they've been doing over the last couple of years and you start listening to these guys and you just start taking a little bit from almost like when I started becoming an analyst I started taking a little bit from this guy a little bit from that guy I like this I don't really like that idea I like this like boom I have my own style that's why I feel like I've done this year with the main I've taken a little bit of, like I've been trying to be a little bit more cutthroat like Phil does I try to I try to think ahead and look at uh, I, I someone I'm trying to think who like someone I know I know Rob likes looking at schedules ahead of time Rob not so oh Silver does too but um, I'm talking about Deep Deadpool. Intro. Yeah, D.P.H. I I was in Deadpool. Hitter. Uh, so Rob, I know Rob was really big on schedule, uh, looking ahead at one to two weeks of schedule. I'm like, so am I. But like, that's one of those things where it's like, cool. I, a little bit from that. And it's like, so I'm sitting here just pulling from all these guys that found success. And how can I do it too? Or how can I do it better? How can I do it my own way that I think is better? And that's how I kind of formulated. And that's why you're saying I'm playing 3D chess, but it's because... Behind the scenes, before I even jumped into the main event, I spent the last two years listening to all these guys talk, listening to all these guys make mistakes, try not to make my own mistakes or make the same ones, try to learn from them and try to kind of create my own style. I think that this was obviously the first year of me doing this and so far so good, but I can't say it's obviously there's still a lot lot of season left. I can't sit there and be like, oh, it worked. I still have to bring it home. But at the end of the day, even to be here right now, obviously I did something right. So I'm looking at it like. I gotta, I gotta keep building on what I learned. Keep listening to these people. Pretend like I'm not listening to them, you know, because it's fun to like. I don't want to give anybody credit. No I'm kidding. But at the end of the day, it's um, I just there's so much like if you listen to these pods and just try to take it all in, and then just try to take it and then put your own spin on it, and then obviously add your own set of skills to it. It kind of, kind of just hopefully comes together, you know. And I, but I mentioned at the end of the day, I still have so much to reflect on and learn from because there were I made a lot of mistakes. Just a lot's going right, but a lot went wrong, you know. I mean, it is what it is. It's going to, gonna happen but anyway sorry i know i, I keep saying i shouldn't even say sorry i don't know why i feel bad i shouldn't feel bad you get me on here you know i'm gonna ramble
1: about random uh, I, bs I, I, tee, so. I tee you up and we roll um so we'll see how it goes obviously we'll have you on more off more throughout the season so we'll kind of see how the ups and downs of all your streaming goes and usually it goes pretty darn well so i'm looking forward to that except and for seeing.
2: Christopher for i'm
1: not i'm and, never gonna let that down i wasn't
2: gonna bring it up i can't um, i can't stop it's, it's like it's like a it's like a bad
1: relationship that just like it just like the one that got away you know well, you might have some streaming options coming up because yeah. Lou Bob Lou Bob, was in the Home Run Derby, tweaked his calf after round one, still played in round two. He did okay, but you could tell he wasn't full Lou Bob uh, in there. They're saying he's fine. The MRI, they took an MRI. They're saying he's fine. We'll see, obviously, with Lu- Luis Robert who's having a monster season. Uh, yeah. Really good stuff there. I would expect him back on Friday at the same time. This could be one of those lingering things that becomes pesky and a pain in the butt. So... Um, you can't make moves now if you're in the NFC, but how are you approaching this Least Roberts situation? Uh,
2: well, I guess Clint, Clint Frazier would be next up again. Like, he'd be called <laughs> up, I would think. Yeah. That's like, and, that's the, that's the one guy that comes to mind that well, I know. What do, it was, we like, recently of, what, what do we think about
1: Oscar but, Kolas? Because he really hasn't got it going yet. This guy, like, I know we were going to talk about him on Fab, probably, but let's just talk about him now. Like, this guy, it's the talent was, is ridiculous in the minors. He just cannot get it going in the bigs.
2: He, well, to be, I mean, in his defense, he only had a whole, like, what, one week back up, hey, and i do I demand so that's, immediate
1: satisfaction.
2: I, no, I know. Well, the problem is, is these pitchers, it's like the rookie pitchers came up and gave I us know. so much of it that, like, guys like Colas, guys like Mervis haven't been able to, they weren't really given, like, they weren't allowed to struggle, you know, that's not fair to them. I bet you Mervis and Colas are going to be afterthoughts. They're, they're going to be next year's Jared Naran type of guys, like, we're, know, we're going fair. real late, and... But, yeah, anyway, so it's like I'm really looking forward to that stuff. Like I'm looking forward to, like, I, I just – anyway, I can't well, wait. Look yeah, at, so at Koos. three.
1: Just, he's safely in three or six games, no barrels, mm-hmm. with a 50%, 50% hard hit rate. The thing that concerns me with him, O-swing at 53.5%, oh, yeah. overall contact, just overall contact, not just O-swing, 71%, and a 17% swinging strike. Yeah. That scares me a lot, even, in a, oh, even in a one-week scample.
2: Absolutely, and considering that on the year, he's – like the numbers you said weren't much better. Like he wasn't as aggressive in chasing pitches out of the zone. I think there's some excitement there for colos I mean, overall in the year, even with that bad stretch, you're still looking at a 73% contact rate. Not great, but whatever. Um, zone contact is actually close to league average, so he's, at least he's making he, he just swings a ton. His swing rate is 52.5 percent, league average is 47.1 percent. So colos is a guy that's a pretty aggressive swinger, willingness to chase, pitchers are taking advantage of it, and he has some swing and miss in the zone. I, I just think that. This sometimes he just needs time to adjust. And I think this could be one of those things where Coloss could be a decent September guy, maybe get some hype heading into the next year type of thing because of it. But yeah, I'm not overly optimistic. I know we saw him kind of get hot late, late, right there, right before he got called up in the minors. So at the end of the day, though, Coloss, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. I just... You're right. As long as he's chasing the way he's chasing, that contact is like you mentioned. The barrels aren't going to really get be there because he won't have it. It's hard to barrel a ball outside the zone. It's just so if he's if he has that much swing and miss in the zone, and Colosse continues to chase and swing and miss outside the zone as well, and all that, it's going to be weaker contact. It's not it's not going to lead to fantasy production. Maybe he steals more bases than he hits home runs, type of thing. This the rest of the year, but oh no, I'm not overly optimistic on him considering. But back to uh, Lou Bob. Even if Lou Bob was. Health, even if he's back i don't know I maybe the calf lingers his running initially i know he was kind of getting going on the base pass a little bit yep. so that would be the only thing about robert i'd be concerned about because like, i don't think the power shouldn't be too much of an issue if he's playing i think he'll hit for power but he you know he was again the stone bases were kind of coming around and that's kind of the thing that's like was the difference maker like we knew the power was there but now he was, put, he was putting it all together and it was like cool we're getting the break we're getting the full breakout and then he decides to hurt his calf <laughs> like yeah his calf. yeah he had, home run derby. he had six of his he had six of his eight steals the last two months like March March April and May he had two combined steals and then the last two months he had four and two so he yeah, has six of his eight so yeah like I said the stolen bases were coming around he was he's been hitting from power ridiculously Oh, sorry, he had two still I act like July's over. He had two st- still misses this month in just 36 play appearances. So he started running last month in June and it's carried over into July. But that calf will keep Lou Bob from probably uh, stealing initially. Sure. So that, if, but hey, sure. if he's healthy and hitting home runs, no one's gonna get mad. It's just a matter of does the calf tweak his uh, mechanics? Does it stop him from being able to put that weight into his legs? Is it like it? Just one of those things where we saw last year was it the shoulder? I'm trying to remember what was it at the end of the year where the wrist. He just played through it and it was awful and was like platooning because he couldn't. He was unhealthy, but they wouldn't put him on the IL, so they played him like
1: every third day. I'm trying to remember what it was that way he ended last year. I'm just yeah, afraid of something like that. They, 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 he almost went like it felt like yeah it was like like six days and then he'd play and then he get hurt again. Then there was like the a weak guy. side
2: platoon. It was the weirdest yeah. thing. It was, it was but
1: I don't think they'll treat him like that again. But my point yeah. is
2: that uh, my I guess what I'm getting at is that Lu, he'll play hurt, Luis Rob. Roberto yeah. will play hurt. It's just one of those things where I'm afraid if he plays hurt, does he make it worse? Does it ruin his mechanics? Does it little things that we can't really quantify yet or put in numbers in? Obviously, it's it's just I'm just throwing things out there of what could go wrong if he tries to play through a calf injury, and we all know how calves can easily be re re-ag- re-aggravate, reaggravated. Maybe that's Josh Donaldson bias, though, because I feel like I've had that's some true. Josh Donaldson. I think the, the the Josh Donaldson shares creep into my brain, and I've had a few over the years where he's doing so good, and there's another calf injury. Oh, look, it's the other calf. Or
1: it could be the Royce Lewis <laughs> situation. It's not even the calf. It's just like every time he's doing Shut good, up. and he's hurt again. Um, <laughs> obliques are not fair. Obliques are no, not. Count. There's oh. a ridiculous amount of obliques. I'm telling you, people, I don't even know if I have an oblique. So, like, <laughs> they should stop working out so much. As well. I just yeah. found one. I just found one the other day. Only one. Only one. <laughs> Only one. Only one. Gotcha. <laughs> the other one. I'm still searching for it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I just want to ask real quick, because you mentioned Matt Mervis, and we were going to talk about stashing season pretty soon. We do our fab recaps. Um, since Mervis went back down, like, I was seeing buzz that he was playing well, and I looked at the stats. He's hitting two sixty three home runs, um, nothing too, like, flashy for me. 9.46 OPS is good. He's walking over 16%, striking out about 21%. He's so like the plate discipline overall. And when you look at the Cubs, it's like, I like Trey Mancini with the, with the best of them. But let's be real. Like, how often are we going to keep Matt Mervis in the minors when you got this young team with Morel and everybody else doing things? Like, can't you? My point is, is Mervis a dude to say you are looking for power that you'd be willing to start stashing pretty soon?
2: Oh yeah, he was actually in consideration. This I just I'm just so tight on stashes. I just I didn't want to do. I just I never thought Mervis was going to be like. I knew he. I thought he'd be good. I really did. I didn't think he would struggle this much when he came up. But I don't know. If he's more than a three category guy right now, I, I do think yeah, that the power sure. can be helpful. I just I think we should keep our expectations in check. If we learned anything else, it's just one of those things where you're. It's hard for me to think that he like for him to see to see Mervis be this consistently solid in A and it not carry over. Really surprising to me, but yeah, he's definitely in the stash conversation without a doubt. He's fringe in twelves, 15s, easy stash. I would think just because like if I had the stash spot, I would because Jared Young. He's been yeah. awful while he's been up. He's batting 200 with a 27% strike. Yeah, rate. I'd rather see Matt Mervis
1: up there all day young, over Young. I don't understand he, that at all.
2: Young, he's a 28-year-old um making as well, he, second time he's made he he made his debut in the last year for with six, played six games with the Cubs. So this is his longest run at the major league level. But strikeouts are an issue. There is some power there, but 28 years old, he's a strong side platoon bat, so he's not even getting full-time run. Mervis could easily take that back over. I think we see Mervis back up early August after the trade-in line, honestly. But um, yeah, it's one of those things where if you need some power at the corner infield spot, I just think maybe we should Temporary scale back,
1: expectations.
2: Uh, yeah. Temper is a better. Word. I was going to say scale back. Same idea though. Uh, temper expectations for Mervis. I think Mervis can be like. I think this year we could probably see like. You remember good Trey Mancini?
1: I feel yes. like Mervis can be good. Good. Trey I'm, with, Mancini. I'm with you there. Like hit hit I like think, 240. Hit another like 10 to 15 on runs in the second half.
2: Oh, I'm saying even if he when I'm thinking like back when he was hitting like what two? I think we we used to see oh, what's his face. Used to like 270-ish. Yeah. I think. I think. I saying. I think. I think we could see him maybe not be too aggressive. We can see we can see closer to like the two fifty five and twenty one season we saw out of twenty twenty one out of Mancini. I feel like we can see that type of pacing, not necessarily twenty one home runs the rest of the season, but I think if if he came up, if uh, Mervis came up and hit two fifty ish and was like on that twenty one pace home run, like nothing out over the over the top, but something that was just solid seven home runs a month or something like that that would be more than 21 that'd be like i'd be a lot more than 21 but you get my point like yeah. i think he could be just I, I guess what i'm getting at is i, I can see a path where mervis is just a solid safe more of a high floor than a than a ceiling play so power might not be as good as we expect from mervis but i could see him just being that kind of quality just like set and forget kind of boring like the gene segura of corner infield
1: type of thing that's fair that's, that's just why i want it. I wanted to bring mervis up because when we're talking to stash you think about all these guys that flailed out early that are on the waiver wire you can get for cheap this is the time to start looking at some of these guys uh the other news from all-star week here uh jordan romano apparently he warmed up in the bullpen felt a tweak in his back still came into pitch throw five pitches gave a fly out left the game with a back injury dusty baker doing dusty baker things welcome toronto this is my still horror story from 2002 so um the question i have here obviously we'll see how it goes but i hate back injuries like no one else's business. Uh, Romano's been the man. He's been tied for the league lead in saves with 26 so far this year. Ratios have been great. Strikeouts have been great. Next man up's an interesting situation because you have like Swanson's been pretty good. Um, you have Yemi Garcia got a save this past week. The dude I'm looking at, though, is Nate Pearson. That's me personally. Pearson's a dude that I drafted in a ton of 50s and DCs at late at, for this exact reason. Thinking either Romano either loses the job, gets traded. Who knows what the Jays were going to do this year. I wanted Pearson for the back end of this bullpen. That's who I would be speculating on this weekend. I don't, honestly, we'll see three games and we'll see how they operate. If Romano is out, how would you be approaching this uh, Toronto blue Jays situation?
2: I'm glad we get to wait and see, to be completely honest. Like that was like the big thing is like, okay, we get to wait and see a little bit, but dude, Pearson has been throwing absolute, like, yep. like just crazy VLOs up again now. And he always has that stuff. He's always had the stuff to be a dominant uh, relief pitcher. Um, I think he's a fun – he's definitely – he should be the cheaper of all these options if we don't get a save op this, this weekend. I think I think that's a good thing about Pearson is that he would be the cheapest of the names you mentioned. But at the end of the day, man, it's – uh his high leverage numbers are actually really – like it's funny because if you go look at uh, – if you actually look at the splits for Pearson on FanGraphs, you can see his uh, high leverage, medium leverage, low leverage. And his best XFIP is 2.4 in high leverage compared to 6.57 in medium leverage and 4.38 in uh, low, low leverage. His K per nine is 12.6. Sorry, his K, let's do K minus walk. K minus walk is 41.2% in high leverage compared to 6.7% in medium and 18.1% for low. So, what I'm getting at is Pearson has thrived so far. And it's a small sample because I'm sure, I, I guess, let me see how many innings, but it's very small. It doesn't really matter because it's a small sample regardless. Oh, yeah, five, six. Yeah, very, very small. Five, six, 20 innings. So, yeah, it's been very, very small samples. But the point was, is that I've just noticed. Apparently he's been thriving in these high level situations. So there could be nothing to it, It could just be noise, or maybe he as a starter, you come into a game, he's transitioning from a starter to a relief pitcher. Maybe there was um maybe there's just a little something to the competitiveness of having to be like in that type of role. I don't know. I can't speak to
1: but also guys like Pearson, they can just throw their gas for an inning now instead of having to stretch it out for five, six innings, which some guys just can't do. So it makes more sense to be a back end arm. So yeah, but I'm curious the Pearson. Very very
2: small sample. That's why I wanted to emphasize that it's a very small sample. But it was intriguing to see the splits and realize, huh? Pearson has some really interesting splits in high leverage versus low and medium. But we're talking one bad inning in either direction, and suddenly all those numbers could flip (laughs) because that's how little overall his sample of the season has been rather small. 31 innings as a whole this year. So, but yeah, I, I really I do like him a lot. I do like him a lot. I think there's a lot of upside there, and I think he's a fun play even if he doesn't get the save, say Swanson gets the save, Swanson's gonna be the guy then. People are gonna go targeting him for fab. Still, and maybe you throw Pearson. say you throw a bu- you throw a buck on Pearson just in case <laughs> Pearson factor because at this point it could just be a, a mix and match factor, you know, whoever's it, yep. you know, give or take, hot maybe hot arm, whoever they feel like it. So Pearson would still be a guy that you grab for a buck just to see where it goes, type of thing. May I'm with Pearson. you there.
1: Uh before we do the fab recap of the week, you are the playing time guy. I know it's kind of our breather for the all-star break, but as in your work, like maybe the last week or so, has there been any standouts like in change of playing time or something that might be fantasy relevant going into the second half? Um, I meant to
2: look at this one. Actually, I um, didn't have time today. Uh, I know Ryan Remillard has been leading off for the for the White Sox. His name is Ryan, right? And the last yep. name is Remillard or yep. Zach Remillard, not Ryan. It's Rami. It's I, I, Ramirez. I just know Remillard. Remillard, well because i actually work with orion Remillard, i think is what it is so the last name Remillard. so he's playing every day let off two straight ones first lefty ones first righty heading into the week fun little power speed combination he was older for the uh level so that was a fun name that like people i know know he was added in some mains he's 29 now so oh he just turned 29 happy birthday buddy um he turned 29 well by Justin, like earlier this year, like four months ago, but close enough. A little bit of pop, a little bit mostly for speed though. Some decent plate p- approach, some high bad right now. But is a guy that he's. I would I would bank on the stolen bases, and I guess as long as he's hitting first, you know, you get some stolen bases out of him and some runs. Would have been a great target for me to get for runs, obviously. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's the guy that's trending up right now, and especially with how that team's looking, like they're gonna. I think they meant they came out and said the White Sox pretty much came out and said that. Hey, if your name isn't Yulo Jimenez. Andrew Vaughn, Luis Ro- Robert, and, uh, and cease. You're pretty much available. Via on the trade. Yep. <laughs> So, so that playing time is not going anywhere. The, the, that goes back into, maybe we'd start looking into a uh, Lenin Sosa, get back, get him back. Yeah, on the roster. So there you go. So that's where it's like, you got to start making these plans. And now I'm putting my own. I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably should have just said that I'll get Lenin Sosa, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Like i I've, I'm not going to lie, man. I've kept a lot of stuff close to my chest on purpose. I'm not, it is what it is i'm not here to i put it i write it i put it in my writing like if people are on the if people are on the patreon they do i will write i put all that stuff in the in the write-ups for patreon but i don't, yeah, I don't that's, one, that's what
1: we do with our patreons we don't hide yeah. what we're doing
2: like, i can't i mean yeah. you're, at that point people are paying for the. well I, I put it because i like to put it out as information like hey i'll put like i'll write remillard's been leading off this team's looking to make a lot of trades and the next time i'll be like keep an eye on lenine sosa and so and so like i i put the names out there for you to make your own judgment on type of thing that's my my goal is to be helpful in terms of like, not necessarily i don't want to tell you what to do my, i don't like telling people what to do i like to be I, I like to present the information and the stats and everything else and you make your own determination I, it's almost like i want to teach them how to fish not not just give them the dinner you know like the whole, the whole saying mm-hmm. uh, whatever you get the saying um another name i'm watching for playing time is um dominic Can- canzone that's kind of an obvious one he didn't start against a righty to finish off the week so Got to watch that. He is a lefty bat though. Big power numbers in the minors, but it's a crowded outfield. We'll see where that goes with him in terms of playing time. But just a name to watch. See where the playing time goes. Not necessarily up or down. Um, I'm just scrolling through here now because obviously I'm not prepared because I'm a really terrible co-host. Okay. Rangers. Travis Jankowski. He's been playing uh, against most right-handers four out of the last five. There's a little bit of there's a lot of speed and a surprisingly a surprisingly amount of like a little bit of pop to go with it. It's not empty. Uh he's and if you need stolen bases and he's he's on one of the best teams in baseball, even though he's not playing full time, he's playing enough to give you meaningful stolen base numbers and meaningful numbers as a whole on that team for the t- rangers. So Travis Jankowski, I didn't think I'd be yeah. saying his name or something about something about bingo card or something, Zach likes to say. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't so, think he'd be on the bingo card this th- way. That one, you know? yeah. Something about bingo cards. I know I know Zach likes the whole bingo card saying. um those are the big names those are some of the bigger names i'm obviously i'm mean, i sure there's others i'm missing but i'm like i said i'm doing this on the fly just to give names here those were three jankowski
1: one's a good call because in in dfs i've noticed that over the last few weeks he's like 2600 bucks hitting like seventh every day but he's producing on like you said one of the best offenses in baseball so that kind of goes back to almost full circle now when you instead of getting like a tony kemp on the a's leading off as bad as it sounds getting a seventh hole hitter for the rangers might get you more runs scored than tony mm-hmm. kemp so that's kind of like where you start to analyze what who you're picking up type story absolutely that's
2: why that's why i was like I'm just, uh, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't. The Tony Kemp thing really annoys me because, like, it frustrates me because he checks all the boxes. Like, I want a I guy don't. who has playing time. Check. I want a guy who has a chance for runs. Check. Because he's batting top three in the lineup. Like, he's the check again. And it's like, I, can't I want a guy do who plays it. on a good team. X. Oh I, well, sorry. <laughs> three out of four. You're right. is doesn't. It. But that's the problem. N- name me a good team that has a top three hitter available in, in, on the well, waiver like 15 wire.
1: Fifteen teamers. You don't. What no. it was like. Like the way to do it is a couple weeks ago. It's like okay. The Tigers played like three in Texas and four in Colorado. Okay, give yes. me all the Matt Vierling, all the Kerry Carver, all the Maybe Andy Ebonias. Ebonias. Yeah, yeah, like give me all those guys. So that might be the other approach. Okay, who's in Great American this week? Who's in Texas this week? Who's like, and just say screw it. I'm taking somebody from those rosters, and then we're just going to churn and burn the entire that, rest of the way. That's what that's what goes
2: back into the stuff I'm scraping. I'm trying to get it done before looking at the Friday. schedule ahead. Yeah, getting I'm getting the rest of the schedule. I'm I'm scraping the rest of the schedule. For every like, every single week like week 11, like, I'm not like week like oh individual matchups I'm I'm literally like week 17 here they have this team has six games this is who they're facing and if they are a top 10 park factor team or not I'm just oh no I picked ten because I feel like top ten is always a favorable thing so it's really for hitter stuff I'm just because again that's my strength the streaming hitter so it's like well, it's just another piece of the puzzle oh this this team has two seven game weeks out of three coming up and two of those series one's in Coors, one's in Cincinnati like, I want those players if I can get them two weeks ahead of time, that's great. And then I know I'm holding on to them. Those aren't just, and right now, if I can get a player for two or three bucks that I plan, that I actually have plans for utilizing Mm -hmm. for two out of three weeks, that's a huge chunk of the remaining season. So again, it goes back, it goes back to 3d chess. You got to, you want to, if you want to compete with the best, you got to really try to outthink them out, play the best. And I I feel like I'm finally at that. Like I'm right now where I'm at is I feel very confident. I'm putting myself in a position to compete and that's kind of, and stay there. And that's kind of like, this is where I'm at.
1: I'd rather go that approach looking ahead and for a couple bucks. And you know, if even 50% of those hit, I'm pretty pumped on the situation. Give me 20% so, of those hitting. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm, that's what I like. So let's talk about it. Let's talk. Let's recap fab. Now let's start talking week 15 fab. Um, and it wasn't a big week. We'll do our moves pretty soon. Cause like I said, I was pretty much just pure specking this week. Cause I didn't have the funds and B, there wasn't a ton that I had to have, or if I tried to get them, I didn't get have the funds, as we said. So, I'll bring up the uh, NFPCOC 12 Teamers. Curlin will uh, probably reference the 15s from time to time because I do like seeing the differences there. Um, And and I'll continue to mention it every single show because he needs to get more love out there. Is uh, Rob McCabe at Slee Rat Nation on Twitter? Every fad period does cool recaps on like efficiency of the main, you know ads of the week and like monies that available then obviously Zach does his stuff and some other guys do stuff too so it's good stuff but the uh the top added player this week and it made a ton of sense especially in 12 I don't know how available he was already in 15 but Tariq Skubel was added in 192 leagues as high as 177 as low as a dollar he was available in two of my three OCs I did not get him any place I wanted to I really did but I, I tried specking on him I couldn't because He wasn't available because he had NFBC rules. If he's not drafted, you can't add a guy until he actually pitches. So I couldn't add him ahead of time. Um, Scoobo has has been good so far. Two outings, four innings in each outing. Still no runs allowed. Two total hits, 11 strikeouts. Uh, They're going to keep babying him along for good reasons. But at this point of the year, if he can give me four shutout innings with five plus Ks every time out, I'm taking that as much as you want wins. Um, Were you in on the Scoobo opportunities? Was he available in your league? How'd that go for you?
2: Oh, he was available. One, I didn't have the funds. Two, I was not interested because it's the babying him. I can't afford to take on a guy that, like, we're talking about. So you need, need wins, is what you're saying. You I, have to get well, wins. I I, I, I was telling you how wins, like, ratio help isn't what I need right now. K help isn't what I need right now. I need wins. He doesn't. He's not getting me wins on that team. Pitching four to five innings on a good day on with Detroit as his back with his with that offense. So I don't see them. When is he going to start? He'll start pitching five innings probably sooner than later. But even then, one little step, setback, he can be shut down for the rest of the year because they're not going to push him. I can see them skipping a start down the stretch. Like there's a lot of question marks here. I do believe that t- I do buy into the talent of school ball. I do buy into the changes. You know, the, the velo's up huge. He's and that's the thing. Projections really like him, but projection and projections are probably not even project like adding in the changes yet. You know what I mean? So. I, there's lots to like here for school ball, but we haven't seen him go through, you know, three times through a, a lineup yet. We don't know how he's going to do when a team sees him multiple times or three times through. How many games is he really going to pitch at least five? How many of those games is he going to have a chance to win? I think he's a helpful piece. I just don't know if he's going to be as helpful as people hope. I know that it's it's going to be good. I think there'll be solid quality innings for the most part. So I think that that alone has value. But this is where it's like you don't just go after the guy that's a, the best guy. Sometimes you, the, he was the best pitcher available,
1: but. He
2: couldn't. I couldn't fit him onto my teams, like considering what I needed
1: right now. That's fair. That's why, yeah, and that's a definitely team dependent thing. I just needed, like, strikeouts and ratios. as we wanted to to take if, the bullet for on that one. If so, for instance, what he might have, what two two start weeks for us the season. And that's a great point. Cause going down the stretch here, a lot of guys won't, and they're and. I'll, I'll say this also with so many injuries and everything 83? right now, there's gonna be a ton of baby. Like you mentioned, Yuri Perez, so many of these young pitchers, their innings are gonna start all of them, not just Yuri. They're all gonna start getting, not, all, I guess, not all of them. There's a group that could probably get to like 160, so that'll, that'll be fine. But a majority, like our, even our Brian Wu's, uh, our Bryce Miller's, like all these kind of guys are gonna get slowed down um and so that's yeah
2: why i'm looking i'm looking at him and i'm like how many times can i really
1: take on a four inning
2: four to five you know five innings if he's well, just and, give me five that's great they got a lot of
1: for win they got a lot of pitchers coming back they might just go six man with all the guys coming off like yeah, had manning skuble Fido, Erod, all coming off the IL about the E-Rod's same time. Erod's being dealt though. Erod will be dealt. That's oh, so, could. It, that could change. I don't
2: history. see. I don't right. see that being too much of an issue, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic in projecting the innings. I'm afraid of how they're going to baby him all the way to the stretch, and that's the only thing that's my only concern. I'm not doubting the skills. That's why I was like, if you need ratios and K's, I get it. Like it's a great move, probably. I just and I say probably because I don't know what to expect with how they're going to utilize him maybe they'll give them a little bit of a run now and maybe they'll shut them down closer to the end of the year. So whatever, but I just can't, I couldn't do it, man. Especially because I have a hard time. Like I, I want some volume now too. I need to start attacking volume more than than ever in terms of like, I need to start guys. I need guys that are going to be able to get me wins. I don't think school ball is going to get you those, the chance for many wins. And so you're, you're pigeonholing yourself into a three category guy at best for the rest of the season here, which again, those three categories matter. So it really is team dependent, but how many like what if if he's only pitching four innings for the next three weeks that's three so you're getting 12 innings out of a guy like it's very tough because i feel like i can get i feel like i can get the same out of a relief pitcher at that point
1: well and that's a discussion we've had and i've had on many shows Is like i've started stashing in deeper formats some of the better like seventh eighth, eighth inning arms hoping for three to four innings a week and strikeouts and maybe they sneak out they probably have a better chance of getting to win the scoobles what you're saying that's so right. I'm, I'm in, in li- the short I'm term. With you there. Yeah, i want to emphasize i'm
2: talking i'm talking like next two three weeks which at this yeah. point two three weeks is a th- like
1: almost a third of the season yeah well, <laughs> so- we're getting clo- we're getting close to the halfway park of the season at that point in time yeah, so, yeah
2: uh, that's why so i'm like yeah, that's why I, i'm very apprehensive and and so although i like them i do i'm not gonna sit here and poo-poo the the ad, I just don't, I just can, for my specific team needs and the way I was looking at my team, I'm like, it just didn't fit. This is why I love having these conversations
1: with you, Um uh, Sometimes I'm helpful. I like, I like to play the idiot, play the fool. I play it very well because I'm not it's really great playing. When, it's great but... when shows don't agree on everything. So it's good to have all yeah. the sides of the picture pointed well, out.
2: I, I, well, I'm pretty sure I just disagreed with, I don't know, every single person who added them. So there I you know, go. <laughs>
0: he, he,
1: king turned heel. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Let's talk about a guy that you picked up, uh, Colton Cowser. picked up in 157 OCs, which is funny because that means he can get picked up everywhere. So think about that one real quick, folks. Um, a max of 202, as low as one OCs are freaking awesome. I tell you what, there's no chance I was spending over, like, 15 bucks on him. But um, it's it's a weird profile. Like, the, the the minor league stats, pretty darn awesome. 330, 10 homers, get 21 total extra base hits, 54 runs, 40 RBI, 7 steals, um you know 19 walk 23 k he's carried that walk right over 19 in his first six games he got three total hits he scored six runs but it's the three total hits parts so he's not like lighting the world on fire he's almost like i've watched him a lot through dfs because he was like free for like the first three days and he walks enough and scores runs where he scored enough points in dfs where it's great but i'm watching him on my game feed on my phone and he just takes pitches and takes pitches and takes pitches and there's a point where you're like dude swing the freaking bat let's go like we need you to do something so you, you you mentioned it earlier, and we'll recap our guys later. But you can talk about him now if you'd like. You weren't really trying to get Kolchauer; you got Kolchauer. So, what are your thoughts now that you're a Kolchauer manager? I, I'm just as like
2: meh about it as before. He's not even an auto start for me. I just i I looked at it like this. I'm like, okay, this is one of the few guys. That, you know, he called up. He has very similar upside to just about any other prospect getting called up right now in terms of like a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. How much different was he than West Westberg or you know guys like that? Like I'm not saying he was like the like that next tier. He's, he's no McLean. He's no Ellie. He, he's just, he's the lower end guys in terms of what's what's left. But I thought he had enough of a skill set to be a, a helpful contributor to fantasy purposes. You mentioned it. He barely swings the bat. Thirty-seven point two percent swing rate for Kauser, and he, it's very similar. It reminds me a lot of um what's his face the the new leadoff hitter for them now, Gunnar Henderson. It's just a very similar, like okay, come on, swing the bat a little bit, but only a nine point five percent strikeout rate so far. Again, you mentioned it, very small sample, but there's not a lot of swing and miss in terms of the swing strike rate. There's not um, he only twenty percent O swing so far. I'm sure he'll he you know there's gonna be an adjustment period, but he's he's batting sixth or seventh, playing every day. He should at the very least he should be a strong side platoon, so he's not gonna be affected by you know the uh, Waltimore Walt, is what they call it now in Baltimore. He's not gonna be as affected by Baltimore as a uh, as a lefty hitter so I, I i'm and then of course including the games where he gets to go play over in new york and other places that are a little more lefty friendly as well i think that there's a little you know, and there's fantasy juice there why not put like i was like i didn't want to i wasn't gonna break the bank form again i was down to like 80 something dollars but i'm like i'm gonna go ahead and throw in a 12 bid i'm like if i get him for that price i'm gonna be ecstatic because that's a huge upside play considering what i thought i could get i didn't think i'd be able, I'd be able to spend 12 dollars rest of the year and get somebody like this, you know, I didn't think Kowser. I thought Kowser would at least bring $20 $20 to $40 for most people. And in mains, in main events, it was a max of 225 and a min of four. So very similar max min to your OCs. Um, but my $12 bid was like almost, I think, within the bottom 15 of bids. I'd say like there was a couple triple digit bids, but you know, most like 89, there's a lot of, like I think 30 to 50, I think his average bid, I think Rob D going back to Rob Pietro pointed, I think it was like 36 ish, which is kind of a good amount in 15s right now uh, was his main event. Average bid. So cows are overall, I wasn't going to ever get there on him. I was with you. I was like, if I'll get, I'll take him if he's that cheap. Cause I think there's enough juice there to justify spending, Especially 15, offense.
1: That offense is going to put up a lot of runs, so I'll yeah. take my chances there. And
2: I'm sorry, but I know Hicks is performing, but I don't think Hicks is going to be no. a, a, an no. issue. Um, I know uh, Ryan O'Hearn's performing, but I have a hard time buying it after all the years of mediocrity from Ryan O'Hearn. I think it's a lot of fun to root for these random rejects that just got a secondary push and boost in playing time and production for this team. But at the end of the day, um, and O'Hearn's a DH, so it's more of a Mountcastle issue than anything, yeah. but or versus space. But at the end of the day, Cowser, like you said, like I'm not like, oh my God, I got him. I'm like, cool, I got him. Like this wasn't expected, and I think there's some some juice there. I'd be, if, if put it this way, I mean, if if you if you ha- if you have a five outfield league and you need somebody with that type of upside, I would want him as an upside play, absolutely, even that's in a twelve teamer. Sure. But that's what kind of like it has to be a five outfield league. He's not like twelve team three outfield for me yet. So it's more out 12 team out 12 team five outfielders and deeper is where you should be rostering Kowser. And I think there's enough juice. And like you mentioned, that offense and batting sixth, seventh isn't a bad spot in that lineup either. Like it goes back to Jankowski. You like, I'd rather take give me Colton Kowser all day over uh Tony Kemp because I might be losing one at bat a game, but I think it's gonna be better quality. Because you mentioned it get, get on base, get on base, score me runs all day, please. Yes, and I'll take that. I'll take that all day. That's all I need, it's all I need from you, Kowser.
1: Well, one, one of the outflowers I'd rather have had over Kowser is Mickey Moniac, who's picked up in 79 leagues as high as 57, as low as a dollar. I've been a big Moniac fan. I've gotten feedback or kickback from, I think, you and others from time to time for my Moniac love. Just... But uh, since June 15th, hitting 323, five homers, um, he still strikes out a ton. Not going to deny that. The thing that's great now, because early on, I could kind of listen to the, the kickback because the platoons with Taylor Ward and this, that, and the other. Well, there's a guy, Taylor Ward, is not playing well, period. And Mike Trout, bye bye, for at least a, a month. So there's going to be some. Con- Moniak has slid right into center field. He is in there every day playing center field, and that, ju- and he's hitting in the middle of the lineup a lot too, which just booms the the situation there. So I'm, I'm a big Nick Moniac fan. I'd rather have him than Colton Cowser. I still don't think I've got him in many places, but I do like Moniac quite a bit for at least the time being. This is a definite like like a three to four week stream, maybe longer. You never know, but a three to four week stream and see where it goes.
2: Yeah, I wish I wish I got Moni back, Moniak back. The, uh, the week when the Angels played in Colorado, he was on my waterfalls, but I didn't prioritize him like I should have. But Moniak's just one of those things where it's like thirty, almost almost a thirty-two percent strikeout rate on the year, uh, batting weight, That's great, but that's a three ninety BABIP. I know he's a kind of a higher BABIP guy, but that's too. That's not happening. You know, that's not sustaining it's just there's just so much there i don't understand how it's working <laughs> like in terms of like the i guess the, like when it comes down back down to earth but i mean 16% barrel rate so the hard hit rate isn't great 33.3% is nothing special but he's he's making such quality of contact that like who cares if the not everything's hard hit it's just it's 16% barrel rate that's impressive in its own Right. But you mentioned remember how you mentioned Colossus chase rate and swing strike rate. Well, yeah. so if you like at Moniac, 20.6% swinging strike rate, 50.7, percent 7, 5, O swing That's and league bad. average league average for reference is 31.7%. So we're talking almost 20% completely 20% above uh, worse, uh, worse than the average in chasing. Now, are you talking so about that, his
1: whole his whole season? Is that your, yes, is that your I'm, I'm looking it? at the
2: whole season. I know he's improved. I know the strikeouts have come. At That's, least last sure I looked, it. I thought the strikeouts have come down. A they little are
1: bit. improving a little, like down to thirty percent now. Yes,
2: Oh, a whole thirty percent. So a whole percent, one and a half percent. But yes, but Somoza has, Holy um, it's a, like, whole... But a whole one5 and <laughs> and I just looked. Sorry,
1: I just looked at his last three weeks when I gave you the good overall numbers. He still has a fifty-four percent O swing and yeah. a twenty-one percent swinging strike. <laughs>
2: so he's 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 making he's making. He's making ridiculous moves. Moniak's just doing things. Why? With I don't. know. It doesn't make sense how he's doing them with the underlying numbers. It's one of those things where you ride it out, and when it comes crashing yeah. down, like. But you mentioned it three to four weeks. If that's all it is, that's all it is. Yeah. So yeah, the pushback was never about the. I know the the first the the first round talent was the first overall talent at that
1: number one so, overall pick. Yep.
2: So the pedigrees there, playing times there, skill set is there. You take a shot on Moniak, absolutely. I just don't think it's going to last. It's gonna. I think it's going to be a crash and burn situation, but who cares if it doesn't last? Ride
1: it out until it doesn't. For sure. I know there's, this next guy is a player of both of us like a lot. Like if you look at any one of my uh, draft and hold teams, probably on the roster, uh, I have him in all, pretty much all 15s and some 12s. That's Garrett Cooper. Uh, the biggest thing with Coop is staying healthy. Right now he's healthy. Right now he's picked up in 68 leagues this past week for as high as 19 for as low as a dollar over the last month since uh, June 9th hitting three fourteen with six home runs, 20 RBIs for Coop. He's producing like a man-possessed, or at least – actually, I'm not going to say that. In the preseason, I've written about him talked about him. You have, many other have. If you look at his numbers, when healthy, this is what he does. Like, he's a very good hitter. He just never plays a full season. Right now, all we care about is the time being. So this is a guy that should be rostered, in my opinion, in a lot of formats. The, 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 the toughest thing with Coop compared to years past – is he used to be first base and outfit eligible? Now he's just first base, which limits the overall appeal to him in 12s, 15s, still very huge. But what's your thoughts on Garrett Cooper?
2: I rode the early hot streak on Cooper and I dropped him when he got injured. And then, like, he came back and it was like he's weird. The player, like, he's, he's the player you play with, though. He's the playing time. He was at playing time. Like he was like the playing time was trending down, but then he started performing, so it's back up again. But if you look at the overall numbers, he's back to being Garrett Cooper. He's batting 260. He has twelve home runs. He has forty three RBIs in just two hundred eighty one play appearances, which is kind of nice. So like we can actually get like if he actually you know just close to double that, we're looking at like a solid, a quiet eighty RBI season. Because I guess it's because it's it's a rather surprising Marlins offense, is what it is. His career high RBIs or 50 in a season. And that's, and those are seasons with 421 played appearances and 469 play appearances. That's how bad the Marlins have been. So he's he's almost like going to have a career high RBI output in, in like half the amount of games. It's wild. Anyway, that's really the half amount play appearances. I, mean. I mean, sorry, I just happened to notice that I pulled his page up, but that can't be. Like, I'm, I'm double checking. I don't believe. Yeah, 50, 50, he's done it twice. 107 games, 119 games. Wow. <laughs> he might break it by by the end of next week. Anyway, uh, so Coop is just such a solid, safe, steady producer. Uh, he, like you mentioned, the values up and down with him as he goes, but he's okay. You want another, this is like another Matt Murvis type of player. Like, I feel like if Matt Murvis came up and did this, we shouldn't be surprised. So it goes back to this is like just, just expect if Matt Murvis can give us this, this is kind of okay. And that's a and good comp. Useful. That's it's a usable. really good
1: comp, actually. Cooper. It goes
2: back to like, well, this is, this is very similar to like the, the useful Trey Mancini discussion. Like, that's what I'm trying to get. It's like just useful, not great, not bad, just. Usable and I think Cooper boring is beautiful company. at times, yes. And I think and I have a golden baseball for those watching. There you go. Um, <laughs> I went to the they Tigers game and they were giving out uh, it was Harry Potter night, and so they gave oh, out beautiful. golden baseballs. It was cool. So I got like four of them. I'm gonna put them on the shelf that you can't see in the background because it's super dark right by the casting couch.
1: Perfect, yes. Um, where else would you put golden balls? It's true, fair enough that's 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 the after dark podcast um i mean it is one o'clock my I was yes. 30 my time cj abrams added in 65 leagues as high as 35 as low as a dollar and this is the guy i was really high on to start the season I uh, didn't have a lot of shares but i, like, I love the potential of this player it was tough goings, but it's, he's starting to find his groove again the reason i liked him early in the year i was like the Nats have no reason not to play him every day and let the kid figure it out or like sink or swim and he's starting to swim now uh over the last three weeks hitting 349 with seven extra base hits one home run Eight stolen bases, 11 runs scored. This could be a guy that that curling could use. Um, Shortstop has been a position I get a lot of questions on throughout the week in the Discord, so do you because you're in the Discord, but just in general, other questions. Shortstop, second base, middle infield is a very popular question that is asked. C.J. Abrams is a good fit, and I think if you're looking for steals and maybe a little run support, maybe like a 270 average, like C.J. could be your dude. So what's your thoughts on C.J. Abrams? To go with all that, Abrams finally got bumped back up to the leadoff spot too. It took a
2: yeah. half a year, but he's batted leadoff three straight heading into the break. Luis Garcia taking the hit there, moving down to eighth, unfortunately, which likely changes when they make some trades here because I think he'll just bump. Remember, at one point, I think in spring they were even showing them top two in the lineup. I think Garcia probably gets back in that top two or three spot, depending on how Lane. There, Tom- yeah. Well, it depends on how Lane Thomas, if where he gets moved or if he gets moved and. All that, and then of course they have guys like Joey Manessas who suddenly found his power stroke. But so there's going to be a lot of openings at the top of the lineup, I think, for for uh, Luis Garcia to get back up there. But in the meantime, Abrams, I I liked, I was like I liked him, but not. I was never in on ADP, so I'm obviously missing out. It was just one of those things where I was like, is he going to get it going? Like I know there's potential there, but and it took him how, it took him what two thirds of the year to finally make. Like, it took him like the last month from like okay, cool, I'm going to show that I know how to play baseball again. And I get it. Not no prospect growth isn't linear. I understand. Blah blah blah. I didn't realize he was doing that bad against lefties, but um, i just I just pulled a a 55 diversity plus against lefties with a 563 OPS. That's not good, but but right is he's fine anyway. Yeah, it's one of those things where there's a little bit pops. He's not there, but the speed it's nice to see him run and it's the fact that he started running makes a difference there for Abrams. And that's and now he's leading off too. So plant goes back to playing time. You mentioned it. I could use him because I could use the runs, but. It's just it took it just took a little bit. Maybe he's just now finding his own. It's the, the five stone bases in July. We're talking eight games. He has five stone bases. He had nine total entering July. Five. So he almost like he almost like he's about to, he's gonna probably double his stone base total by the end of the month. Yeah. Um, compared to the first three months of the year, so and it's one of those fly. things where it's like, yeah, but why? What took them so long? To, what took him so long to figure it out and just start going? Or did he? Yeah. Was it just lack of opportunity because of batting
1: ninth? And no, the that's what I'm thinking. Opportunity is just consistency on the base pass. he's probably more worried about not striking out and actually getting on only base. 22. Yeah, only twenty two. That's what I'm saying. That's why. That's why I, I love him in the preseason because he's got he had the quote of what people hate to hear: great prospect pedigree, yeah, super yeah, young. On I get team. it. Yeah, I get all checked. All boxes were checked and he started I, I understood. to slowly
2: show it i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember why because I, I remember being okay i wasn't against him i think i had him ranked with consensus but he wasn't a target of mine so i can't yep. say i was in on him i'm not gonna say him big oh i was in on him no i wasn't because if i was in on him i'd have more shares i had like one or two on a dc and yeah. um that was because he was a fallback option because I, I forgot who i liked more and it doesn't really matter because that's a whole nother discussion because yep. I, I i'm looking forward to looking back at my ranks and be like what the heck was i thinking because yep. uh there's a lot of those what the heck moments but yeah. uh I digress. But yeah, so I I can't say I was in on him. I just I was never I just I, I liked him. I just didn't I just wasn't sure what to expect. And if Abrams finally comes into his own and shows he could be a 1530 guy, because that's kind of you know how it was just doubling. I'm lazily doubling his stats right now. If Abrams is a 1530 guy, that's pretty I, I wonder where that's gonna go next year though, because then
1: I don't know if I could pay for I just don't want to overpay for 30 stone bases. The, the one know? the one thing I'll say is it won't go as high as I think. Well, maybe it will because of his age. But he feels like because the shortstop is still so weirdly deep, like he feels like a Carlos Correa range, like 130, one thirty, one forty, ADP. And
2: then, then I'll probably just be out again, and, and then be
1: wrong again, like and just like everybody, <laughs> just like everybody was out on my my boy that's now got a broken hand, uh, Tyro Estrada. But this this is Tyro Estrada, but but the better batting average. Well, th- actually, Tyro's hitting around three hundred. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, um, like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, I wasn't like, I wasn't expecting the batting average when I drafted Tyro everywhere. I just wanted the power and the speed uh Abrams i was, could give you more. i overlooked tyro like
2: i didn't think he was gonna be able to produce the, i was more i was i think i was concerned about the, the playing power. time I I, I, the power. I, well the power too a little bit but the power but i was also concerned was Kepler gonna just go i know that Estrada kind of beat the whole thing last year but they went out and signed a whole bunch of lefty specialists i'm like they're doing that thing again where i'm like i'm just concerned <laughs> with what they're gonna do so i i just i kind of got nervous about Estrada. whiffed on it and honestly his injury sucks but worked out for me not having any shares you know you know the saying no shares no cares baby that's
1: a, that's my saying i mean yeah, that's like that's a good saying to have it's,
2: it's actually an all people people okay can we talk about can we go on a tangent? i, I did
1: expect i did not expect it on the bingo card tonight
2: yeah can we can we go on a tangent about that sure okay it's okay to be happy when a player gets hurt and it's not on your team i think we have to i think people are like the game is yes we understand i understand the actual this is not where the, i thought
1: we were going the <laughs> actual
2: well, I, I'm annoyed by this. People are like baseball. Nobody Injuries suck. That is true. Nobody likes everybody. Everybody. Here's the thing. You don't need to show that you're a good person because, oh, look, the game is better because this person is, like this game is better because when this person's playing, no shit. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> like, obviously, everyone loves watching the pitch. He's a great pitcher. But if you don't have him on your teams, obviously, there's a sigh of relief. Like, whew, I dodged that bullet. And I believe it or not. It's okay to feel that way. You don't have to necessarily be. I'm not saying root for injuries. That's stupid. But if an injury occurs and it's not your player or not player on one of your main teams, you should be relieved. You should. It's okay to be like, well, I'm glad that wasn't me because that may now that's playing into your competitive favor. I, I play this game to win. I, don't, I, I do enjoy watching baseball more, but it's because of having fantasy players on various teams. And if I'm if there's a guy absolutely crushing it and suddenly goes down, am I I'm supposed to be sad? Because the game isn't going to be as enjoyable to watch. It's more enjoyable for me now because I'm going to be winning, or more likely to win. So excuse me for um, again, I'm again celebrating. But, people, but here's the thing: people are going to call this celebrating injuries. It's it's not. I don't. It's not. I'm not, maybe it is. I don't know. Call what you want. But I'm I'm right. I'm I'm right right now because everybody who's playing for even if you're playing for a free league, you want to win. I'm sorry that an injury to a player that's not on your team, a big name player on your team, it's okay to be like whoo i just it's frustrating me Bubba. this this industry is so fake and fraudulent with a bunch of bullshit in between man it's aggravating yeah, i love it late so, night curling is on fire folks but i'm not um, wrong bubba i'm not wrong not, here i'm not
1: disagree with I'm, just saving but from, the thing,
2: I'm saving you from yourself real quick before you really no i'm i'm, I'm done with the rant but i'm just I'm, I'm just so i'm coming up with a shirt i'm coming out with a shirt i'm it's it's gonna be no shares no cares is gonna be the saying on it i should get the trademark because it's one of those things where I, sh- I shouldn't have, to, I shouldn't feel bad or I shouldn't feel guilty because I don't have that player on my team. Like, okay, I mean, it sucks that you got hurt, but am I supposed to? Like, the game's not like, obviously, I, I love watching DeGrom pitch. I think it's a lot of fun to watch him pitch, but I think it's a lot more fun to win money or win my leagues. Yep,
1: yeah, that's fair. That's, I'm not, it should be fair. But any, any here's the thing
2: now, here comes, here comes, I'm gonna get called out on Twitter or someone's gonna make, I'll be subtweeted or uh, at this point, know,
1: right? It's okay, it'll no, be
2: fine. But here's the thing for whoever does that. Feel free. Clip the tweet. Clip clip the clipped audio. Enjoy it. Run me through the mud. You know why? I don't care. What do you what do you i I'm looking at the camera? What are you gonna do? What oh no, my feelings are hurt. No, they're not.
1: Yours we, are. We, Yours of on this podcast. It's been an electric factory today.
2: I'm just I'm just sick of I'm sick of the fake and the fraudulent in this industry. People are just like People cry about everything. It's 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 annoying. Believe it or not, it's okay to want to win your league. And if a player goes down that's a really good player and on your team, it makes your odds better to win. I'm not yeah. saying celebrate it, but I'm saying it's okay to be it's okay to feel a sense of relief that it wasn't your guy. That's yeah. all. There's a difference. There really is a difference because yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on repeat with this stuff. You're I just close. want I, I do I, I do want people to understand I'm not rooting for injury, but I am happy when it's not my guy. That's
1: oh, it. I you. think that's you fair. You. No shares, no cares. No shares, um, no cares, baby. Anyway, three more, three more players I want to discuss real quick. Joey Votto picked up in 62 leagues as high as 122. He comes out the gates, a couple home runs his opening weekend. Then he goes ice cold. Then he hits four more home runs last week. This seems like the roller coaster ride you're going to get with Joey Votto. So are you in or are you out on rostering a guy like Joey Votto full time? Because it's hard to decide when to play him if that makes sense you just play the guy man he's hitting he's hitting
2: bombs just you want a piece of this offense obviously if you really want to play this game just play him at home you could do that you treat him like a course player you know like starting for the home series and then sit him for the yeah, not. he, he had always he had four home runs last week on the road that's true he did <laughs> I, was just his, I was just looking at his home road split, and if, if, you, if you actually look at his home road that's what i was saying if yeah. you wanted to but if you look at his home road <laughs> splits he's hitting 290 on the road right now and uh-huh. 192 at home so it's really weird home road splits like they're not like obviously we're talking beyond small samples he still has a 900 ops in both directions but um yeah 900 plus ops over a thousand on the road but yeah and that's because of the obviously the four home runs so i think why not man if you need power Show me somebody you've picked up off the waiver wire, hitting for more home runs right now off the waiver wire. Get, it's it's you. not, you're not getting them. So is a guy that he's fringe in 12s because 12s, you know, you can find really good valuable playing time. Would you rather wire. Cooper
1: or Votto? There's no
3: I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great,
0: That's nOom.com to sign up for your trial today.
2: Okay, boring. Uh, in a vacuum, I'll take Vado because I, I like to shoot for upside in leagues where you are making that decision. But if I had to, like, if I am getting nitpicky, it's team need. If you want a safer, higher floor guy who's going to give you a little more um, batting average help, it's going to be Cooper. But Vado's going to—I mean, Vado's all Vado has seven home runs in sixty-seven in seventeen games. He has seven home runs. That's yeah. more than half of what Cooper's done in seventy games. So I, I think that alone is why you go Votto. You just take Votto on the upside alone, that ballpark, batting towards the middle of that lineup. I, I'm learning to kind of target more so tools in players. And to, I've always been a guy that targets skill sets, but sometimes you just have to, you have to, like I don't know. It's cool. It's okay to play it safe, but I'm realizing that I want that guy on a per plate appearance basis that can be a difference maker, not a guy that I don't necessarily want too many accumulators and, I don't know how much of a needle Cooper is going to be you know, moving, but I think Votto can move a needle in a category or two that
1: Cooper can't. So I'll take my on Votto there. Corey Jolks added in 59 leagues as high as 41, as low as a dollar. Playing pretty regularly for now. Michael Brantley's going to be out for the foreseeable future, probably the whole season. Jordan Alvarez will come back soon, which will make things a little murkier by moving some guys around, even though he DHs primarily. But with Jolks on the season, 282 with 15 steals, over last month, he's just been a consistent like he's hitting three thirty with eight steals. Like he's been a beast. So, what are your thoughts on Corey Jolks? Because I've streamed him from time to time this year, but right now he's almost like I was always worried about him and like McCormick and stuff switching around so much. But what are you seeing with Corey Jolks? I just don't know what to expect with playing time here. I think Jolks might have the edge over McCormick, but we we would see like
2: you know with your when Jordan comes back because they're going to keep Ian or Diaz in there, right? Diaz is a full time captain. You would yeah. think so. So, so you gotta figure that out. So, he's so Diaz, you have to play some DH Jolks and McCormick get most of the alpha rips right now, but Yordan would have to get involved. And, um, that's why it's like I think McCormick and McCormick's been playing well too, so it's not like McCormick hasn't earned his playing time. McCormick has started four straight, Corey Jolks has he started like I think. He had a lot he took the last game off, but started like the six games before that. <laughs> so it's it was one of those things where he was due for a day off. And same thing, McCormick has played six out of seven as well. So it's like those are the two guys. If I had to guess, I guess Jolks would probably have a slight edge, but I think it would come down to maybe defense. I think McCormick might have the better defense. I'd have to go double check that. But at the end of the day, You want those guys on your team, like I didn't. I almost dropped McCormick. I'm like, no, he's just been too good on a per play appearance. And jokes could be that same type of guy where maybe he goes from an uh, everyday established starter for your team to maybe you pick your spots. Like, okay, cool. Maybe he's playing two out of every three, so you could you could pick your spots. Okay, he's gonna play two out of three here, two out of three here, and then you get this like two out of three good series. You're like, all right, cool. So I know he's gonna get two out of three here. This guy's probably due for a day off, and you kind of pick you pick your matchups, you know. But that's that's more of a deep league play. But for I mean, how do you not? play jokes has been too good not to play. it's just aggravating because some of those things where this team just has too many options for, for their own like for their own it's just it's frustrating but i think at the end of the day jokes is solid rather safe for playing timeouts I would, I would say considering the, how well the bats played up and kind of just roll him out there i mean he's giving you a little bit of everything
1: last but not least alec manoa added in 58 leagues as high as 130 as low as seven dollars Made his return to the bigs. Six innings, five hits, one run. An impressive and important. Zero walks, with eight strikeouts against the Detroit Tigers. It's the tough one for me because, like, I understand the talents there. He could be a beast. Was one start against the Tigers enough to to get you on board? I was I was hesitant in certain places, more aggressive in others. How were you approaching Alec Manoa this week? I I if I he was out there. But.
2: that too but if i was if I, you know in general if he was out there he's a guy that i would definitely be interested in just because he showed glimpses of like he showed signs of life yeah it was the tigers and people want to point that out but he did it against the tigers and the reason why it matters is because he needs to do it against the tigers, the tigers are a team that you're supposed to dominate and he dominated like you're supposed to like a like a stud pitcher would dominate a team you know what i mean like, he dominated a team like he should and no walks i think the no walks is a huge deal because I think the last time we faced the Tigers, he had like four or five walks, and I think that was a big thing was the walks, big walk issues. We saw Manoa no in no uh, velo gains or anything, but he increased the usage of the four seamer through less sinkers. Not a huge shift in usage, but still a shift in usage nonetheless. Um, with the four seamer, he gained two inches of. of, of Vertical movement, so he was getting more rise out of it, and you can see. Uh, I think it was again Rob D. Me and Rob obviously go back and forth a lot on Twitter, huh? Uh, or just talk a lot, or I just we we can we just I don't know, we interact a bunch and whatnot. But um, he brought up how he was locating it up in the zone more, showed the pit the plots. I'm like, well, it makes sense because if he was getting more, if he was getting more vertical movement on it and less uh arm side run, that's good. That's how the ball. Show. He was still attacking the inside of it, but he was getting it up in the zone more regularly, which a four seamer you want it up in the zone sinkers inside lower whatever you might want them however you want to run them but so that's good because now what you have is if you're gaining more rise on that fastball you would think so if your fastball is going up I'm, I'm, I'm nick pollock now right i'm talking about fastballs yeah. going up in the zone i'm showing sure baseball and then um so you have the fastball we have the sinker that could probably play off it running getting, getting that arm side run so it's like instead of having two pitches kind of both getting that same run you're getting more differentiation in terms of movement from two different pitches i think that's a big quite deal a novel I know, right? It, it's, it's very simple when you put it, when you, I try to make it as simple as possible. But so, like, those fancy numbers I spit out basically what it came down to was fastballs moving in a different direction. The stinker kept moving in the same direction. He was able to locate in different zones. And Manoa found success with a new look with a better, fastball, a better, better more elevated four seamer, keeping the sinker the way it was, attacking the zone more, able to get the strikeouts without walking players. A uh, long winded way of saying there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but it was one start. We can't say he's back just yet i do think he's not gonna be as bad as he was
1: yeah but i agree I agree with that
2: i think yeah. that there's just this weird like i don't know if we should i don't want to be overly he's a guy you should i guess at the end of the day yes yeah, you should definitely add him if he was available or you should probably go your way to add him now because we know how good he can be now will he will he get back to form he's not gonna pay off for draft costs at all at this point blah blah, blah but um, there's a chance he gets close to uh, back to at least to what initial projections were, maybe like a low fours ERA, high threes rest of the season, which can be
1: useful with some and on a good team we'll, that'll get some wins in the process. Yeah, what was impressive about this start? It was only the third start out of fourteen he's thrown at least six innings. Only the third start with one run or less, and the eight Ks was his most of any game this season. So promising things. Like, there's part of me that maybe should have been more aggressive because I think we'll at least get a better Manoa. I agree with you there. We'll see how it plays out. Like, uh, if let's... he
2: was... Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, maybe... like, like You know how... I guess usually Lance Lynn is more of like a you know high, high threes, low fours ERA, solid K rate. Like if he was that type of pitcher, the rest of the season that wouldn't really surprise me. Is what I'm getting at. I know Lance Lynn's a bad comp because Lance Lynn hasn't been Lance Lynn this year, but you get my point. Like it's just that guy that's like just Lance solid Lynn's as, top
1: five in K's, but he can't has an ERA over six because he
2: leaves his last time he was just like always missing. A, he's just missing a spot in the zone from time yep. to time, and he hangs them, they bang them. But he's gonna go, he's gonna go to the Rangers and be a stud anyway. Most likely. Uh, but, but, but no, but yeah, Manoa is just interesting. I think if Manoa was like a SP three for you rest of season, like that's like the ceiling, I think, he's he real could, solid. I, but I do think he, I think he's going to be at least like an SP five or a streamer bench streamer for you rest of season. I think that is something you can expect. And if you can get your, if you can get a guy like this off the way, right, who could be like a bench streamer slash SP five, I think that has value in, for in sure. most formats. So, Manoa, that's it. I'm sick. I don't know. I'm probably gonna be wrong about him. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't have any shares though. So it's not really a biased opinion.
1: Let's talk Fab recap for the week for your results in your your main hashtag my main. I said my you, main. What did you pick up this last week?
2: Well, so Kowser. I dropped Kepler. That actually hurt because you yeah, know I was I, kind of
1: surprised when I saw you tweet that out. That was an interesting one to me because
2: I'm I'm not biased. I go I, I Kepler's Kepler's no, Kepler's good. Kepler's good. I, I like Kepler for power, but and the playing time's there and. I just figured he it was either him, McCormick, or Yaz. And I like McCormick and Yaz more because McCormick has the power and speed. Uh, Yaz has a little more – has a, I trust Yaz's batting average to be very similar and probably more consistent power production, Yastrzemski. And then I'm like, yeah, Kepler, he's good and he's meh. Like he runs hot, but he's rather just whatever. So he was the drop there. And I say that, again, as someone who loves Kepler and was just wrong thinking that he'd be a shift gainer because he hasn't done nothing to do that. Um, but anyway, so I, that was the move I made there, which again, because I wasn't expecting to get Kowser for 12, but I got him for 12, 12 bucks, eight dollars, runner up. And then I only made one other move, and it was dropping Kyle Wright for my boy Jake Irvin. It was your boy Jake Irvin once, but I've been sitting there just talking about Jake Irvin behind the scenes with like wax and stuff like, dude, this guy is like the, the he had a Velo jump four starts ago. And when the Velo jumped up, it was like a notable jump. It was like from like ninety three, creeping up to ninety four, and it's been ninety five or better, like, like ninety five and change on the four team for the last four starts. And with it came, um they were really good starts too. Here, this I was talking to, I was talking to Phil about him too. See, go back to name dropping some big names here. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote the whole reasoning why I got him. So twenty two point two innings pitched with a three point five seven ERA and a one point one nine WHIP. K's have been awful for Irvin, but. He, that was because he only got one K against Texas, and he has faced Arizona, Seattle, at, which isn't great, which isn't a tough matchup. I mean, Cincinnati and Texas. So I'd say four, three out of those four offenses are rather good offenses. And while facing those four offenses, he gave uh, Irvin gave those stats I mentioned. Unfortunately, it comes with like a five Sierra, five X fib. So I don't know. Like he got through. Is this like the toughest stretch he got through? Will Irvin turn around and actually be? Better will, will those underlying numbers be better against worse opponents because he faced such tough opponents? I think there's like a Kyle Gibson ish type of upside, which in my leagues, you know, 15 team, right? 15 very, is that
1: works at 12. that's it's a scary situation, yeah. yeah. That's
2: what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm like, he's not a 12 team guy. That's why I got, I got him for a buck. And I dropped Kyle Wright, and you're like, well, Kyle is way better, yes, but Kyle Wright, Kyle Wright pitch again. That's and I was hoping I was holding on hope to see. We haven't gotten updates on them. Kyle Wright's that's just gone ghost. I there's a guy, there, so there's a, a Twitter follower, I wish I remember his name, and um. Very, very uh, – he comments a lot. He's very, very active, and he's a huge Braves fan because his, his Twitter handle and everything. So I was just like, hey, man, you follow the Braves. You're – you know, you ask – what do you know about – he's like, yeah, as far as he knows, last he heard because he follows the Braves so closely. He's like, Kyle Wright is about three weeks behind Freed. And I did the math. I'm like, what, so we get, if, we're, if we're lucky, we get a month out of Freed
1: yeah, then? Yeah,
2: out of Wright. Out of yeah, sorry, out of Wright. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm not right. Yeah, so out of right, we get about a month out of right, if give or take. Is like Freed's what just now throwing bullpens, or he's about no, to start threw his a rehab rehabs?
1: assignment. On, threw a rehab on Sunday. Okay, I was like, he he's probably got two or three rehabs left.
2: So if he has two or three left, he's coming back. That's when you should, in theory, if he's truly three weeks behind, uh, Freed right should be starting rehabs at the middle beginning to middle of august which puts them on track for late august early september i was like yeah, yeah. so for four or five starts i'm like am i really just not going to turn and burn that spot take a shot on our jake irvin use that spot to take a closer spec next week if irvin sucks or it doesn't you know doesn't come through so i was like yeah so i moved on from kyle right i only made those only two moves i made because a i'm trying to save money and B, it's a, you know, the short week I thought I was set up. I think I'm set up pretty well for it. I didn't need to make a whole lot of like, get, I had a relief pitcher already
1: to stash to attack the three game week for it and all that. So. Yeah. And I, I agree with your Jake Irvin sentiments. That's why I was kind of like, he's a good streamer from time to time type guy. Um, for me, I, I, I felt like in my first OC, I didn't get anybody this past week. I got outbid on everybody I was going for, but I wasn't being super aggressive because a money B I kind of like Sam same you just said, I felt set up for this short week where I didn't need to really force Anything just to four six. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go add guys. I'm not gonna start. Like that that's a way to waste money in my mind, unless they're like locked-in guys. And I bid on those guys, I just gotta outbid on them. Uh my OC2 though, this is where I started to take chances, especially because I need offense in this league. I need offense in a big way. So I got one guy, I lost out on everybody else. But I, – and I actually had almost 300 bucks in this league still somehow because I've lost every freaking bid everywhere. <laughs> so I overbid on this player, but I'm willing to take the chance just in case he can ever get healthy and find a glimmer of hope for like the last month and a half of the season. So I grabbed Tyler O'Neill off the way there of the wire. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, I dropped Paul Blackburn. It was 22, runner-up of six. I'm like, I want to get him. I need to guarantee I get him. Yeah. I know I'm going to overbid, but this is the time of the year. And if like he can even be a 75% of what he was before – that power speed combo for a month and a half could be tremendous in helping me move. So I'll take my chances with Tyre, Tyler O'Neill there. So there is one spec in our spec conversations, and then my OC one was full of specs. I got Tyler O'Neill. I got dropped Paul Blackburn. Got Zach Neto. Dropped Edward Oliveros. Neto's supposed to be back maybe this weekend, even if not beginning of next week. Um, and that was a twelve to eleven bid that made me very happy. And then just to complete, I'm just gonna stash a dude because I need pitching and there's not much this league the entire year. This is like an early early OC. This entire year, pitching has been just – because guys drafted a lot of the spec guys, so then when they dropped them, they've been – it's just – it's hard to get pitching in this league. So, Nestor Cortez is out there. He's supposed to be back at the uh, beginning of August. He's starting to throw now. So, I dropped Cutter Crawford, picked up Nestor Cortez, just has a complete stash. like Because there's nothing, nothing out there Mm -hmm. at all. So, I took my chances in that regard. So, yeah, it was a complete uh, just spec and see situation and and go from there. All right, let's talk – Listener questions real quick, and then we'll let Mr. Curling go to bed as it's getting late, and he's got he's got Early. work tomorrow. My alarm is set to go off in four hours. So. Beautiful. <laughs> um, jury Rigger asks, what pitchers are due for second-half rebounds? Alec Manoa, best non-closers who will become closers post-trade deadline. Thanks. So uh, second-half rebound starting pitchers, who are you looking at?
2: Well, there's one that comes to mind right away. And I happened to tweet about him the other day, so I'm looking for the tweet. But it's, uh, I think it's maybe it's a layup. with Sandy. I think Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara. Alcantara. For what well, so my understanding is that Alcantara identified a mechanical issue about four starts ago that he corrected, like mid start. So the three starts, I didn't include that start or mid start, whatever. I said the three, his last three starts essentially. Sandy has a 18.2 over 18.2 innings pitch for for Alcantara. Alcantara. I keep my samples. You would think I would know by now. For Sandy, we're on first-name basis. We're cool like that. A 2.9 ERA, a 3.24 XFIP, a 3.77 Sierra. So very Sandy-esque. A 50.9% ground ball rate. The K-Miles walk rate, league average-ish. Uh, around fifteen 8, 15.8% uh, K-Miles walk rate for Sandy. So... It's it's kind of but that's kind of what he, he's never really been a big strikeout guy, you know, so we've always just like so if he's giving you about strikeout ending, maybe a little less, I think is what it was. But this comes with like a 39.9% O swing and a 14.1% swing strike rate for him over these three starts. So the strikeout potential is still there, but he's he's uh, Sandy's in, he's inducing ground balls. he's he has he's still has swing and miss. And he's kind of showing he's been himself the last three starts, and I think it, there's no reason why if that if that was a mechanical issue that he saw was able to correct and has since found success in three straight starts, which included a start against the Braves that he gave I think four and runs, which is a win. I'm sorry, that's a win. That's a Rick. That's a win anytime a t- pitcher only gives up four earned runs like five or six innings against the Braves. But uh, yeah, I think I think Alcantara is going to be in for a solid second half, enough to where people might not overdraft from next year. He might just fall into like that. French top twenty guy. He'll be he'll be set up for a solid SP two next year in drafts probably. Or like like the oh I'm gonna fall back and wait and that make Sandy my SP one, but at a cost that makes sense. Uh, but I think he's gonna show up next for the second half. So Sandy Alcantara my pick.
1: Yeah, Lance Lynn's still a guy I'm gonna go to. I'm sorry, I'm all, telling you,
2: he's going to the Texas
1: Rangers. He's gonna crush it, it. it. You just look at all of his underlying you know ERA indicators. They're all like in half. The strike and the biggest thing why I've kept riding him, I haven't dropped him. I might not start him every week now. The strikeouts have not stopped. They've actually gotten better. Like the dude's doing his thing. He's got to keep the damn ball in the ballpark, and that would change a ton. I know it's a big if, but we'll see how that plays out. So I'll go Lance Lynn. Uh, and you mentioned some some potential new closers after the trade deadline. I can see David Bednar getting bounced out of Pittsburgh. We, we said that last year, and it didn't happen. There's zero reason for that to stick around this year. So then you got the the likes of. Um, there's a lot of options there. I don't know. Maybe Holderman looks like the next man up. He had the blown save a couple starts ago um other than that like anybody else you're really looking to for the trade deadline so um somehow josh Hader's H- rumored and i don't get it i just don't again <laughs> yeah i don't i don't understand it but uh, maybe he will be
2: i know the popular spec at least in maine's right now is carlos fernandez for the royals because you know there's already they already, they already shipped out chapman um they have uh, what's his face that they're looking to ship out to so. barlow thank you so they're, they're going to sell Barlow probably more likely that they, that leaves Hernandez And then a guy that I've been keeping an outside – it's a guy that I've, I've been talking to everybody about. So there's another little behind-the-curtain of a guy that I have my eye on that maybe it'll turn out to be. And I think I've texted the group about this. Uh, our group chat is uh, Mason Thompson for the yep. for the Nationals. This weird infatuation with Nationals pitchers all of a sudden between Jake Irvin and Mason Thompson's been a guy I've been watching all year. He's been good, and it, it just – I wouldn't be surprised. if I mean, I know people are talking about how they won't trade Harvey – but if they trade Hunter Harvey and they trade Finnegan. Thompson becomes the next guy. But I'm looking at teams like this. Like, there's so many more buyers than ever before. This leaves this allows team to this allows teams the last couple of years to move multiple uh, late inning guys. So normally on a, normally again, in a given year, you'll see a team give up one maybe two arms out of their bullpen just because there's only so many so many buyers. But last year I noticed there was a lot of teams giving up like two plus guys out of their bullpens. I was like, that's a lot of relief pitchers getting moved. So I'm looking like I'm there's no more there's no more I'm not just looking to stash next man up I'm looking to stash like in deep performance specifically I'm looking at like who's pitching the seventh right now like who can who can make that jump from the seventh to ninth if or when they trade two out two of these arms because there's so so many less teams selling compared to more teams buying especially cheaper arms
1: I could see them doing that so I think it's not a bad that's why that
2: name came to mind because I think because Thompson consistently pitches the seventh or eighth when he's when he's when he's in. He doesn't get the save ops; the other two do. But he's always the guy setting them up, getting the holds. That's fair. So that was the name. It's always, in. So that's why it's like you have to look for. Unfortunately, we're at the time of the year where we're looking at guys on bad teams. Like, like your specs are there, or you're hoping to get a hold of a guy that might get traded to a situation where he can get, a, like, get us like Chapman. People were holding on Chapman, hoping he can get a spot. You know, but you end up in the wrong team. So, yeah.
1: Uh, Walt Malyuchnik asks. Should we feel cautiously optimistic about Manoa's second half? I think we agreed, yeah. Be, be a little optimistic mm-hmm. there. That's fine. Uh, Todd Whitestone said, can you guys give our second half outlook for three desperate players? First, Nick Pavetta, who's become the full-time long reliever, getting a lot of action there. What's your thoughts on Nick Pavetta? I know he just kind of had like a, a – I think it was a roughed-up outing when he came in as like a reliever, but like a multi-inning
2: reliever recently. Yeah, yeah when it and, wasn't um, bad. It was five innings pitch. No, it wasn't that bad. It was five innings pitch two and runs eight strike out. So he, the VLO was up. Okay, that was what it was. It wasn't bad. It was a, the velocity. Of try, I, I do the savant notes, so I mixed them up. The velocity was still up even in the five inning outing. That's what caught my attention because his VLO was up as a reliever, which is normal. But then he came in and pitched five innings and the VLO stayed. That's where it becomes intriguing and there's some upside. And I think you chase that. Why not give that a look? Because anytime you can get some type of production correlated with a change in some type of something under the hood, which in this case is velocity uptick. Although again, it was Oakland. Um, I think Pavetta, it's just one of those things where it's Pavetta though. So, you know, yeah, it's like, it'll it's be, he can, he, he can run hot for four or five starts and then what?
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. Give me Lance Lynn over Nick Pavetta. I'll say it now. Let's go that route. Yep. I'll yeah. take that stand. Let's go. That's, that's a bold. Yeah. I know. I got you. Um, he asked about Zach Neto, who I just mentioned. I picked him up as a spec before he got hurt over his last, uh, eight games at 409 with three homers and two steals, 15% K, 15% walk rate. I know that's a hot streak, but he was starting to show the talents that they drafted him for. So I think if he comes back healthy, he's definitely someone that can be a middle infield support. Any thoughts on Zach Neto?
2: No, I think exactly. You nailed it right there when um, he was starting to turn it on in June. You know, he was yeah he was hitting 355, 444, 710. So game over a thousand OPS in the month of June. And he was starting to kind of click. And you have to remember, he barely played any minor league baseball. They yep. kind of brought him up this year. They brought Neto up this year with like no experience, and he just needed to get a chance to get going. And I mean, he had the talent. He has the pedigree. Why and why not buy into what we were seeing the gains? There was always there's always been since the beginning of the season a strong plate approach in terms of like doesn't strike out a lot doesn't he walks a decent amount The barrel rates nine nine percent nine point three percent so there's some there's skills there and i think Neto next year is gonna be one of those guys that will slow will start off getting drafted a certain spot but then creep up as you know the offseason goes along he's gonna be that guy that's like starts off the year as like you know reserve round pick or for maybe a middle infield type that people might push into like a starting shortstop type before the end of the draft season type of thing but anyway uh Neto's a guy that i really like moving forward as long as he comes back as long as the oblique didn't derail him too much but honestly even if it does i'm not going to be discouraged and it's not gonna stop me i'll just get the, i'll take the discount next year so i'm kind of i'll take a bad second half i guess <laughs> if, that's, if it gives me a discount next year, i'll take a bad second half
1: and the but third I player third player you mentioned was chris taylor of the dodgers he's rehabbing right now should be back soon he's just a mess two minutes swinging mess 206 average but he has the the power and speed if you can handle the bad average dump uh, he'll play every day or close to every day for the Dodgers because they just need help, period, with uh, their platoon situations. But maybe you know more than me. I'm just kind of out on Chris Taylor.
2: Yeah, I've, I'm not a huge Chris Taylor guy. I mean, and a lot of the people – he was like his his playing time is weird too because you mentioned it he didn't he didn't really play a whole lot like it was mostly like against lefties with some righties and if you look at the splits on the year six eighteen OPS against righties it's compared to eight ninety two OPS against lefties so Chris Taylor is clearly going to play against lefties righties he's struggling mightily a sixty eight WRC plus against righties for Chris Taylor so like I I understood the appeal if you're chasing a little bit of pop and the fact that he's stealing bases and all that so there's some tools there. But I don't. I don't expect consistent playing time, and I don't expect all that much. Uh, all that much production against righties. So th- that leaves me with a guy that I'm not going to know when to start him, or ever feel comfortable starting him. And I'm not. And I, I guess I get it. Good team power speed is there, but when you're that bad against the strong, what would be the strong side of a platoon? Taylor just scares me in terms of like I don't. I don't feel comfortable ever really playing him.
1: And then the last thing he mentioned is if I can ask you to please stop tweeting about the Yankees, okay? Good. I don't know what what do I say about the Yankees. I, I do yeah. know I was talking to I did talk to him about how much I was really
2: upset about being in on Oswaldo Cabrera and being really wrong about that. But that but there was a thing where I was like, hey man, like at least I learned something. From, that's where it goes back. I learned something from Phil. Like I cut I cut Oswaldo Cabrera on a fifteen teamer, and for like, up until like two weeks, I think I was two weeks early on cutting him because of, I think two weeks before, like it was like two weeks after he was still like ninety three percent rostered. And I I had cut him two weeks prior. So I was like, I felt pretty good about that one. That one worked out. So it's like one of those things where I learned. I learned something there. Like, you got to be a little cutthroat with some of these guys. He was a final, what, final five to seven round pick. Can't get too attached to him. Some guys more than others, but he wasn't showing a damn thing. But anyway, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry.
1: Last last but not least, (laughs) Michael Simeone says, what's Curlin going to do when he goes from eighth overall to 2008 overall? You saw the gif oh i know i had the, to ask the rope the, the, ro- the, ro- the, I the rope is all gonna be my listener questions I'm gonna tell you so right now, now
2: the rope is gonna be around my neck i'm gonna be looking for something to hang it over it's like just like the gift showed man now it was like instantly i was like what can-? i was like i need you to go find a gift like it shows and i was like Oh, found it perfect gift like it wasn't like i'm looking to make a noose. so it wasn't like I'm, 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 it's around my neck i'm ready to like that would be the worst like obviously i that would be a total collapse I, I look at my team now. I like my team where it's at. I like where it should be in about you know two or three weeks when help hopefully is in my favor. And even before then, I still have a pretty solid foundation, I, a decent decent enough bench to get me by. Um, I really don't see myself I, – I really think my team can finish in the, in the top 30 and hit that bonus money, honestly. It, I think it would take a collapse and a really bad injury, some bit, really bad injury luck to not get there. But, I, I mean – I've recently, like, for instance, like the reason why I have no money left is because I got Henry Davis as my C2 to go with Sean Murphy. I got Jordan Westberg to replace Royce Lewis. So when Royce Lewis returns, I have that depth and another two solid players. I got Colton Cowser by sheer luck to add to my outfield depth. Uh, Cedric Mullis just, just returned. So it's like I have a team set up to make a run. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is coming back around, thankfully. I needed that. But he's been a big surprise this year. So it's not by accident. I'm, I'm not here on accident. I've, I've made a point to obviously sure my team up in terms of having some depth uh attacking some needs via de- i didn't really if we, one thing you we could uh, you notice i haven't really i haven't really uh gone after the huge splash but i never i guess i never really needed that like i know i'm not against it like if i if i didn't have Gosman this year there's probably a good chance i would have just gone and spent 300 400 on, on a pitcher honestly but um Gosman and my depth helped me stop stop me from doing that and i was able to kind of instead of having a couple big buys i had a i just kind of stayed in that middle ground of just attacking it and hitting very very like hitting those middle ground needs as it, as it went along so like when henry davis came up i was like cool i could use a catcher too boom i could use a middle infielder i'm going to go for lewis lewis got hurt again shocker and then i was like i need one again let me just go for westberg and so it's like i was i left myself that flexibility to do so but also while being flexible, is was also aggressive, which has left me with a little bit of, you know, less money than I'd want to be at this point. But yeah. I, it's also at a point now, it's like, I don't really, I don't look at my team and think, damn, I have a hole. I look at my team like, all right, cool. I'm I'm, I'm actually having, I'm making tough start sits right now. I, I like being in that position where I'm like, I, I'd rather be wrong than not have the opportunity to even make those tough decisions type of thing. Makes sense. So anyway, well. Simeone, if you're listening. You can suck it, buddy. Because I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you bring me down. I mean, you're gonna, to, you're gonna have to hear if I finish strong. You're gonna have to hear about the rest of your life. Well, just, I just can't. Know that. I can't wait. I can't wait to he-
1: see that, witness that, and I'm then gonna assert you.
2: my dominance and be insufferable on Twitter when it comes to, only with Simeon, though. I'll be yeah. super humble otherwise, and and never talk myself up at all. But with Simeon, I'll just remind him I'm better than him. I can already say it because he'll never do this. <laughs> I
0: can't,
1: I can't. i can't wait to see that and i can't wait to get your updates throughout the upcoming weeks here as we talk more on the show as i
2: cry about my team going one for 15 to start the night and turn around and hit 300 the rest yeah, of the night that's and
1: why i always kind of give you the middle finger on a group chat like calm the hell down like it's just you know one little i get it i know i know i know don't it's to hard middle. not to... hey i gotta get you to bed so i'm not gonna let you keep going so it's, it's late on morning. the east coast we've covered everything i'll give you a short burst any final words can we talk about those injuries? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, I'm just, it was
2: nice to get back on the on the microphone, Bubba. It's always fun to catch up, and uh, look forward to getting back onto it next week,
1: hopefully. Yep, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. We'll get you on as long as your work schedule allows. We'll have some mm-hmm. more fun recapping and FAB, and uh, after three full games, we'll have to see what FAB gets broken down for the following week as we are uh, not on the home stretch, but we're getting close. Like You can start to see the line at the end of the tunnel. Start to it's kind of it, it's a, a reflection you, off yeah. the
2: side like there's one final turn in the tunnel and you can see yeah, the reflection it's of the outside on that tunnel you know you're not quite there it's there so
1: i i think well, i think it's there once we hit single digit weeks left yeah yeah i'm with you on that so we'll keep you guys updated the best we can keep you going and grinding through the rest of the season but until next time you can find mike on twitter at mike mike underscore curland i'm on twitter at bdn this is bench bubba episode 597 catch y'all next time